What's up, Asymmetry? I've thought long and hard about how to introduce this podcast, and I think the best way to go about this is to say very little about it. One of my most favorite conversations I've gotten to have with almost anybody, but inside of the realm of Boneside, definitively a very special moment with Tom Benda and Jan Kulik in studio and the Jedi Master Lime. Um, it goes all over the place, but really dives into some deeper aspects of everyone in the room. Uh, I hope you guys have an opportunity to just sort of enjoy the information and the perspectives and, uh, and take part in this conversation because we're excited to share it. Mm. Have you, do you, do you guys watch Netflix in, uh, in the check? Yeah. Okay. Or my family does. And yeah. uh, I joined them just a yeah. couple of times. We, I, have you ever not yet? Not yet. We, we, yeah. We, we didn't have enough time to watch it or maybe during this winter we we're gonna start to see or watch netflix yeah um uh, there's a series that they created one around cooking called chef's table which really is phenomenal but then they made a um they made a uh a design oriented series mm -hmm. and they took like an architect a graphic mm -hmm. designer and the i'm trying to think who the uh i want season one. Oh, here we go um as devlin is a stage designer and of all of the creative people that i've ever watched a program on i mean charles and ray eames the architect and the painter the documentary is pretty intense and really really inspiring mm. but this episode with as devlin uh, on in, on abstract uh, it, the abstract episode on Netflix was e easily the mo one of the most like f monumental things I've seen hmm. because she was her parents encouraged her creativity and you know grew up with artists and whatnot but she got into stage design and and she conceptualized the stage for like plays for like a very low um, say like they didn't have a huge budget to mm -hmm. develop nice stages or fancy things and mm. she was able to use creativity but then Beyonce and Kanye West started hiring her to develop wow. their stage mm. and then there's a, a limitless amount of money and what she is able to do creatively is I think it's like true genius I mean mm. she's just amazing thinking thinking if the conversation is a two-dimensional line she's thinking in the third and fourth dimension and axes that people have never looked at that's I, it's, it was fascinating. If you ever have a chance, you should check it out. Mm. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Sounds good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I don't know why, but now just pops out of my in my mind the American artist Matthew ba Matthew Barney. He's a actually visual artist, and he is a, a, a Bjork the singer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is his wife? They are married. Matthew Barney. Yeah. Drawing drawing restraints and his Cremaster series and all of this stuff. It's it's like the Cremaster series is not recent, but there is something Whoa. very special. Combination of materials, you know. Wow. It's like the atmosphere in this. It's like uh, I consider this as quite 
interesting. Like, like a sculptural work? Yeah, also, yeah, sculptural work, you know, strange movies without any mm, like crazy movies. You, nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. It's But it's full of, I don't know, special atmosphere, difficult to describe. Yeah. And it's got, it's got something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this this kind of creativity that doesn't have a boundary, mm. you know, it doesn't stay inside of a recognizable form. Mm. And, and you just wonder like how, when you think about the infinite space within which creativity can take place, how people that function in that creative space that lacks those boundaries gravitate and start to create and generate the ideas that allow something like that which almost seems like creative randomness but you know that there's a path and a context that they got mm-hmm. there by right and it's like but how how did you end up there i mean this is you guys know who richard sarah is right yeah it, yeah i mean yeah. for me he's and listening to him speak he's one of i think he's unique because he can very clearly discuss mm. his thought process and mm. his intention and his and discuss his path and how he got there speaking of i would say a pretty hard personality that mm. that guy's intense mm-hmm. if you ever have nothing to do which rarely happens now <laughs> if you ever have nothing to do you should watch an interview of his on youtube any okay. of them any of them okay. just, mm-hmm. just listening to him speak you understand mm. where the power mm. in his work comes from it's like from a deep place mm. inside mm. of that dude he's like really hardcore mm. Really, really hardcore. And Jonathan Cross, the mm. ceramicist, used to work with Richard Serra. Cool. Yeah. And actually, Matthew Barney cooperated with Richard Richard Serra too. Yeah. For the Cremaster uh, two or three, I don't know which one it was. There's something, yeah, some sort of cooperation with, yeah. Uh, but what was so i mean matthew barney that's interesting i can't wait mm. to check out his work because yeah. just that little yeah. glimpse it's like oh yes mm-hmm. this is quite interesting <laughs> yeah yeah but where what what kind of say for example uh you could go to any place in the world to look at art or to be inspired by creativity where would you go to the forest <laughs> to the forest <laughs> nice any particular forest uh, yeah, the forest close to my neighborhood. Uh-huh. I I love that, and for me, it's like an endless source of some inspiration. Like I don't know why this. There is nothing special, but I because it brings you in the mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe it br- yeah. This place brings me into this creative mood, and it's like get your mood yeah. in the wood. Yeah, get your mood in the woods. Yeah. And then, you know, you can Make start sure to be more, more <laughs> sensitive. In the woods. <laughs> People would be like, what are you saying, Tom? And you'd be like, I don't know. You decide. Yeah. yeah. And, and for me, you know, uh, I've experienced that I got some inspiration for, like, starting up my creativity some more again. It happened on so different places that I just can't answer your question uh, without anything like in particular. Uh, I can go everywhere, and if I'm in the right mood, uh, I always I get mm. something mm. everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. I need a lot of time. 
in a lot of space mm-hmm. to be creative. And that that's one thing that, you know, Mariah, there's always a lot going on and a lot of responsibility and getting to be a dad is awesome and inspires creativity in its own way. But the creativity that I had, that I previously sort of when I had a lot of time and space. And I mean, when I was originally building Mariah, like uh, I would work really hard to build this place, but it was, it was very common for me to take a day or two and literally not do a single thing, a mm. single thing. And, mm-hmm. and after my apprenticeship in Japan, mm. that was almost like a luxury because in Japan, I might get a day off every three months. So mm. having the opportunity or the ability to just take a day off whenever I wanted was like super <laughs> novel in the beginning, right? Yeah. But also just sitting there and not having technology and all the moving parts and mm. all the chaos, like this place in the beginning was very, very simple. Mm. And there was a real beauty to that. I think it's what allowed me to process a lot of my thoughts around where I wanted to potentially go with bonsai and not try and repeat the pattern of, of, you know, what I had learned in Japan necessarily, but apply those techniques and ideas and potentially see where it could go if, if it was maybe applied in a different fashion or Mm. a little bit more authentic or true to form for me. And there were, there were just a lot of, a lot of ideas in that space with that calm and that quiet and the ability Mm. to just kind of sit there that I really sometimes nostalgically miss. I'm sure I didn't have a lot of, I wasn't having a lot of fun, you know, like at that time, but thinking back on it, it's like, yeah, that was nice to be able to just sit down for six or eight hours and not do anything. It felt pretty good, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's time to time. I, I need this like in, like an inner focus or this like, like a calm... Or just just the time for you know to do nothing, just yeah. think and just relax and let the things flow. But I recognize that I work maybe better with under the small amount of pressure, like mm-hmm. time pressure that something needs to be done, or when I actually don't think that much. I mean, when I when I remove the like part of my conscious i don't know consciousness and i just catch the some very sp- special sort of i don't know flow or yeah. it's not rational i just make the movements with my fingers and forearms i just use my hands somehow but i don't need to think about that it's it's like yeah i experienced the, that the uh, this feeling uh when I was, when I climbed, when I climbed some hard stuff, you, you just climb, your body makes the moves, but it's like a movie which you see from, you know, above, like, yeah. you almost see your body, how it, your body climbs, but it's like something which is not, it's a part or something, I don't know how to explain it yeah, yeah. In, I mean, in English, it's like... The state of flow, I mean, that yeah, is, that yeah, is, the, yeah, that is yeah. uh, I mean, it's very powerful, mm-hmm. it's it very is. powerful. Yeah, and I, my goal is to understand better how to 
you know, consciously or like uh, how to say it? how to how to work with with that with the flow. You know, like now I want to be in the flow. Now I want to be conscious. You know, just like like mm. um, how to work with that. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah, it takes a lot of years to get to that. Point. Yeah, yeah. A lot of years to get to that point. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the time you put into climbing, that probably wasn't like that in the beginning, or maybe it was. I don't know. It, no, it no. Was, no, no, no. You are right. Yeah, I experienced that when I was like, let's say, uh, experienced climber after, you know, a lot of or years of training and yeah. And when I climb something really hard, because if you want to climb something really hard, there is no time to think. You just need to do it, and what, so if you take the time to think, does that cause your muscles to burn out, or or is it just like that? It, it, you just can't do it if you're trying to think about it too hard. You just fell down because you, you waste energy. Yeah, you get yeah. out of the moment. Yeah, or you yeah. you yeah. like trying to perform a really beautiful dance. You can't think about the move you're doing next. You just need to know how to do the move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't watch a ballet yeah. dancer up there thinking about how she's dancing. Mm. She's just doing it because yeah. she knows it. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you get out of it and then you just you screw up. Yeah. Mm. As soon as you think, you're done. You, yeah. You and in climbing, is the same. Once you stop or you dancing start with to the think, rocks. yeah, you just dancing you just fall down and that's yeah. it. Your mind doesn't work. You can't do the mm-hmm. two things at once. Or, or the little like a fear from the next move. Like, yeah, that oh, too. maybe I'm a little bit tired. I'm not strong enough to make this move. And you you are yep. you are done. Yep. You just need to be like, okay. Mm-hmm. And usually when you climb something really hard, you don't feel that is, that is difficult for you or for your body. It's very easygoing process. There's and a quietness to the mind. The mind yeah, becomes really yeah. quiet. Even if you are like really super, quiet. super pumped and you yeah. make very difficult moves, you know. But it's like very easygoing process. Really special, yeah. special state of consciousness. <laughs> yeah. I, I always equated it to ballet dancing. Like because yeah. a ballet dancer is very they flow very mm-hmm. evenly mm-hmm. and they move. Rock climbing always reminded me of that. You have to let your brain just mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. the thing. Have you ever seen the movie Valley Uprising? Valley? No, probably not. About probably. climbing in Yosemite? Uh, nah, not yet. But I read the Camp Four, the famous book uh. about you know <laughs> the beginning of the era of hippie there in in uh, Yosemite oh, Valley. It's, it's yeah, this this book. I'm I'm like deeply influenced by by this book. Yeah. Lynn <laughs> Lynn Hill. Yeah. You know, is a part of that. Uh, okay that whole like culture mm-hmm. uh and she in in valley uprising she calls climbing a moving meditation mm-hmm. yeah. and that that, yeah. uh, that seems like a really because when you watch somebody climb who's very proficient at climbing it's quite beautiful mm. yeah but like that, watching climbing or like i've talked about the fact that i became obsessed with watching like rollerblade videos and break yeah. dancing <laughs> uh-huh. break uh-huh. dancing but then even like like right now i and i haven't watched sports in like 10 years mm-hmm. since i came back from japan mm-hmm. well, except for except for mma i like i, I mean i like watching mma yeah, yeah me too yeah. me but too but there's a, there's yeah. like a lot of that. beauty in mma particularly yeah. in jujitsu itself because mm, it is yeah. very much this when you watch two people that are talented at jujitsu, it's like watching this choreographed movement. Yeah. They they respond to each other and, yeah. and it and it is all automatic. It's mm. all a state of flow. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and but 
lately I've been watching uh, NFL football, like obsessed with NFL football. Yeah, because, and here's the thing, not having watched NFL football in 10 years and watching it now, the state of athletes at this time Uh in the modern era with the understanding of performance, there's probably some some help happening in Mm -hmm. a lot of performance now, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, When you watch somebody who's truly at the peak of the capacity for that sport or that action Mm -hmm. to be pursued, it's incredibly beautiful. I mean, football is a horrifically violent game. MMA is a horrifically violent sport. Yeah. From you know, from a lot of different perspectives. I mean, it's a lot of damage, it's like, and there's, ah, there's it's a little bit bloody. Yeah, yeah sure, and and, <laughs> and and violence. You know, yeah. Uh, but but at the same time, it's like when you're watching somebody do what they do, and they're able to slip into that state, and it's just this automatic movement, and you just see the the seamless person connecting to the action. That action is a part of them. That is them. That is mm-hmm. them in the action. Mm-hmm. It, it is something that is very, very captivating and very mm. special to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, I think like with the rise, you see the rise of architecture at this point. And architecture has always had a prominent role in culture, but I think architecture is, and maybe I'm just more aware of it, but it does feel like architecture has a higher level of celebration around it now than potentially mm. in the past or a larger population of people value it and are exposed to it and are experiencing it in a way that has an impact on them. Because good architecture changes the way that you exist in a space. Mm. I mean, it's it's really controlling your existence in that space. That's all by design. And then when you start to look at, I think this is where there's a lot of star chefs now and the culinary experience is m- way beyond the taste of the food. It's the entire choreographed experience that this person or community of people want you to have when you go to, they set your mood with the space and the pieces that are intentionally placed in front of you Mm. that you can either utilize or choose not to are very intentional. Every aspect Mm. of it is thought Mm. out. And that experience is created for you. It's like, wow, wow. Mm. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I think... Mm -hmm. When I look at bonsai, I don't necessarily know one of the captivating aspects of Japanese bonsai is I do believe Japanese bonsai and Japanese culture in general works with that degree of intentionality. Mm. The The night before I came back to the United States from my apprenticeship, Randy, Knight and I, Randy came to Japan mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. and I traveled around for almost two weeks after Mm. I finished my apprenticeship. And I had dinner with one of Mr. Kimura's um, clients who had invited me to come have dinner at his house before I came back to the United States. And I'll never forget this. You know, we were there. He has this phenomenal collection of pottery, tofukuji, ceramics, antique Chinese ceramics. And we were looking at his ceramics and he was showing us his collection of stands. We looked at his bonsai and then he invited us into this room for dinner. And he had this you know, sliding um, shoji screen door and he opened it and there was a tree and a tokonoma in there that was being illuminated by one single light with these perfect shadows. But he had choreographed it so that he opened the door and turned the lights on in the room. So I only got to see it for a second. 
Yeah. Wow. And it was completely intentional. And that moment that he had very intentionally orchestrated just to have a split second glimpse of that tree and that light before he turned the lights on and it was gone mm-hmm. was like, whoa, okay. And I, I don't wow. necessarily, I mean, when we did the Artisan's Cup, I feel like the Artisan's Cup in terms of we walked people around the exhibition before they were able to enter the exhibition, mm-hmm. you know, and they got little glimpses and little experiences. And But the moment that you walked around into the exhibition, like what was one of those moments where we put a lot of effort into that moment having a very significant impact, like that moment the layout, the trees that were selected, the way mm-hmm. it was lit, the mm-hmm. the presentation of the entire show was designed for that singular moment to be incredibly special. Mm-hmm. And like, I just see so many opportunities for that level of intentionality. And if you if you start to expand on that, that moment inside of the design of a tree, where you allow people to discover something, you don't so overtly give it to them, is something that I think is probably a subtle nuance of Japanese bonsai in some regards that we haven't necessarily gotten to the point in the in Western bonsai where that intentional experience that you can provide somebody with the way you create a tree is something that we think about and consider in the creation of the tree in the same way that maybe it's considered in, in Japanese bonsai. Mm-hmm. And that, that mm-hmm. is definitely those, those kinds of moments and those kinds of select intentional actions, I think, would, would and could potentially expand people's experience with bonsai in a way that they haven't necessarily had the opportunity to enjoy it mm. to this point. Mm. And I'm, I'm motivated by that. I think there's a lot of interesting discovery to be found there. Yeah, mm. sounds really interesting. Eh, to me. Yeah, it's ideas just exploding right? in my mind. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. limitless possibilities. Yeah. yeah, limitless possibilities. And the thing about it is, is you know that there's going to be a certain percentage of people mm. that get it. And you know that there's going to be a large percentage of people that might not necessarily, but that's okay. That's okay. Cause it's not a discovery is only for certain people. If, if a discovery was so overtly obvious, it's no longer a discovery. It's what's <laughs> obvious, right? Like yeah. the ability to discover is, is truly a special opportunity. Hmm. I almost think to some degree, our ability to discover with all of the availability of information. If you're going to go somewhere, you Google it, you look at pictures of it, you've already lost that opportunity. You know, like yeah. it's, it's gone. Yeah. To a large degree, technology's taken the thrill of that experience out of a lot of our lives. Mm. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it has. I mean, this is yeah. mm. unboxing your work, Tom. <laughs> this is a very special thing because when you open that lid, and it's covered by styrofoam. You don't get to see anything. And you just very slowly lift that sheet of styrofoam. <gasps> Ooh, look at that. <gasps> Ooh, look at that one. You know, it's like, it really is. It's, I, I cherish that moment. I'm, I was so bummed that I couldn't be here for the unboxing this time. Yeah. But, but I got an experience that I haven't ever had before, which is seeing all of your work laid out on the floor already unboxed, which honestly was a little bit overwhelming for me (laughs) when I walked into the studio and it was all there and it was just like almost too much. 
because you're mm. discovering everything at once. And it was, yeah. I, I felt like I needed to sit. In fact, I did sit down. I just, just like, I, I need to, I just need a minute here, like just <laughs> yeah. to sit down and process. Looks, yeah, it looks really beautiful. I, I've actually, I've seen the Tom's entire collection or like an entire kiln for the first time. I never have seen so many pots in one place, various sizes, big pots, small pots, all the shapes, like, and it's, yeah, it's, as you said, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah? It's overwhelming. You, you can feel, you can almost like feel the heat of the kiln yeah. still or yes. something like that, you know, like it's too, it's so a lot of power Wild. there, man. A lot it's, of power. Yeah, a lot of power. A lot, a lot of, power. of power there. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. you have this elemental clay mm. that's gone through this massive transformation that's been turned into stone. Yeah. Or stoneware. Yeah. And and it's like you, when you see it all sitting there at once, all of the energy that went into that kiln to change all of those pieces mm. forever mm -hmm. in lime. When you said that, what did you say about firing a piece of ceramic? It's it's forever entered into oh, the... Oh, the, into the fossil record. You've the, entered the fossil record forever. Yeah. And at, and at Jonathan Cross's mm. studio out in the desert, oh, pieces yeah. that he doesn't like, he'll throw out into the desert. Wow. So yeah, there's, a, cool. there's a picture that Arthur took when, when they went down to film and document Jonathan's process and firing and stuff wow. of this half-buried organic form in the oh, desert yeah. floor and it, and that was they mm. were just walking and there was just a pot yeah. that was half buried yeah. in the desert and the the image is so powerful wow and it's just like yeah uh, it, it almost it almost makes me to some degree that makes makes you almost want to put your work out in places where people can stumble upon it as if it <laughs> shouldn't be there, but it is. And what <laughs> happened to this? But you, you can't go leave a bonsai tree out in some remote location <laughs> yeah, and have it yeah. survive for some random person. Todd Schlafer posted on his uh, social media a long time ago on Instagram mm. or, or Facebook. I don't know where it was, but he was out collecting trees in the middle of the Rocky Mountains and he came across the painting yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen this big nowhere. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, like, a, yeah, yeah. like a landscape painting yeah. from the yeah. 19th century, right? Yes. Like the Just frame. Even with the, with, yeah. It was with the frame, right? Yeah, like, it was a gold, like gold highly frame, ornate frame, yeah. or at least yeah. that's what I crazy. remember it as. Yep. What an amazing experience. Just being out in the mountains and suddenly there's this yeah. oil painting in a frame out there. Yeah. Like, what? How did... Who, I yeah, mean, um, yeah. why? You just can't. Yeah, exactly. All of those things. Yeah. All of those yeah. things. It's just yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. And the weirdest thing was that the landscape on that picture was not the landscape, you know. No. It no, was no. not no. that it was mount, had nothing mountains. to do with yeah, it. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's even more crazy. Ugh. So wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Discovery, man. I, I, I. I'm so excited to go to Yosemite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't even, yeah. ugh, can't even yeah. wait. I've seen too many pictures, so it's a little tainted, but I'm assuming uh, no, there's no. not a lot. There's a, still a lot I haven't seen. Photos ruin Yosemite. But I think this is like um, when I was in Spain. Mm. Yeah, I think it was 2000, 2017 or 2018 when Arthur and I went to Spain and we were down in Marbella. 
And we went up into the Andalusian mountains to see the Abies Pinsapo, the Spanish fir. Mm -hmm. 17. Mm -hmm. 17? Yeah. Was it? Okay. And um, I had I had no idea what they looked like. Like there's not really any pictures mm -hmm. of them or not, not a whole lot. And I didn't, they were just like, hey, we're going to go into the mountains today. Mm. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> Completely unprepared. Completely unprepared. <laughs> it was just shitting snow i mean shards of ice that would cut oh, you yeah. I, I, it was yeah. so rugged and so gnarly and 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 gave me a com completely different perspective of the elements that made the trees because you were literally witnessing branches getting ripped off of trees mm -hmm. while we were there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which was very special yeah um, it, it almost makes me want to try and experience old growth forests in the worst conditions although like that's asking for problems that's terrifying it's yeah. it, exactly oh it was terrifying uh -huh. i literally uh -huh. thought that i i literally thought that i had frostbite on my feet i mean i mm -hmm. couldn't feel mm -hmm. my feet we're we gonna die here <laughs> yeah. dude they're just like, trudging through it man uh -huh. snow's coming down then yeah, that, tennis that, shoes like uh, what the heck that's the power doing? of mountains yeah. it was the <laughs> best yeah. it was the best it was punishingly beautiful mm. but um, not having any idea what I was walking into was mm. incredible. And Point Lobos was like that for me too. I had not seen pictures of Point Lobos. I had no idea. You you got to go there. Yeah, yeah. It it was amazing, yeah. It's like, you know, anyway, in general, for me as a Czech guy, you know, to stay in the Pacific coast was something really special. Like... I've seen the Pacific for the first time in my life, you know, in, in Point Lobos. And it was like... I, I don't even know how to describe hmm. my feelings. It was, that was the first time seeing the Pacific Ocean, period? Uh, yes. Oh. Yes. Tom, Tom like, made the comment yesterday. He was like, maybe we'll go to Astoria. And I was like, ah, Astoria, you don't want to go to Astoria. And he's like, I need to see the Pacific. And I was like, hey, I, I totally respect that. Nicola, I can take him to Nicola Beach or out there where that's where, Gra that's where Grant was yesterday. Oh. I was asking for Tillamook. Is it Tillamook? Yeah. Tillamook. Yeah, it's a little further down. But yeah, yeah there, I mean, there's a good spot. But I mean, basically Pacific, you know, I haven't been there yet. And no, I feel like I'm out. so close to yeah. Pacific. Yeah, take that him. cove. Or the closest the I've ever been, so... Oh, you gotta take him. The cove is just special. Yeah, Newton loves it. You hey, go see starfish. But, have you ever seen starfish all over on there? Uh, like we have these little pot pools. There's like starfish all over the place and little crabs running by. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta mm -hmm. take him now. Yep. Yeah, I think that would be a better use of your day tomorrow. That can stand attentions for next time maybe no well i mean yeah you definitely are going to be coming back whether you, you like it or not waterfall i mean i, I love waterfalls waterfalls are waterfalls no, no offense <laughs> or anything but the pacific ocean where it hits here in the pacific northwest is unlike anything i've seen in the world and it rocks me every time <laughs> i've been out there i don't i can't even count how many times i've been out to these beaches and every time i get there i'm just like oh my gosh mm. you know the trees you got the douglas firs coming down right to the ocean edge and these beautiful rocks coming in mm. and the water and there's it's just there's eagles flying by it's just beautiful I, mm. I would say the rock the rock formations along the pacific coastline are are, are yeah. some, something very special yeah, yeah. I, i've yeah. seen some pictures mm. yeah but pictures yeah it's just a picture but it doesn't do yeah. it's it like, there's no scale there's no scale, scale. There's no proportion yeah, yeah. in Never general tell the story yeah, yeah the scale mm. of the american 
country or nature is is something very different. You know, we went to visit the re, uh, Red Rocks in close to Las Vegas. Yep. With Ira and Darlene. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, nice sandstone, you know, nice hill. And we went closer and closer. And finally we went there and it was like, this place is huge. You know, I, yeah. would, I would spend here like one You know, like entire climbing life just here in the front of this one <laughs> red sandstone wall, you know. It was... Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Really, and everything like that is... Everything in States is pretty much like that, you know. Then Grand Canyon, West Stream of Grand Canyon, something so huge and so overwhelming, you know. Then I went in... Or yeah, before I was in Point Lobos and I, and I have seen the uh, Red Cedars... Oh, coastal, coastal, uh, coastal Redwood. redwoods. Yeah, yeah, coastal redwoods. Huge, extremely huge, big trees. Or so I techno- don't know. It's... Technology and photos have done harm mm. to people, and mm. they don't. Oh, yeah, that's cool and everything, but you got to go places and actually see things. Yeah, photos are just they mm. don't do the, They don't do it justice, man. Yeah, yeah. The moment, the scale, the the the, mm. the breeze, the smells, everything, yeah, oh, yeah, every yeah, bit yeah. of your senses yeah. get involved, and you're just like, mm. whoa. Yeah, but th- yeah. this the scale of nature and of everything here in states is uh, very different from, let's say, Czech perspective. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we are a very small country, and everything is like very close together. Every, it's like a pittoresque feeling, or if, if yeah. this this word even exists in English, Pitch, you know, pittoresque. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like very, like uh, you know, the land of the hobbits from Lord of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. You know, everything is like small, nice. Everybody's pretty happy there and comfortable. You Little know, piece have, of this here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, piece yeah, of yeah. That over there. And the big world, big world is not for us. We are happy here. You, know? you, you guys live in the Shire. You live in the Shire. Shire, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Czech people lives in Shire. Yeah, I like the Shire. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. There's also like an attraction to the Shire, though. Yeah, that, there like, is. <laughs> you know, there's like a, a hominess. There's a, a comfort in that. There's a. I don't know if it relates back to just our origins in you know in the womb and mm. when you have a little baby and you you know swaddle them and and kind of bind them up and it calms them down when they're very mm. very young and you know they sleep with their hands next to their head and it's just like all of those things but then we grow up and we expand and mm. yet there's something still so comforting like even even this space the office mm. having the roof be so low even to a point where portions of the room are completely functionless because it's so low there's like a comfort and a coziness that this space and then you go to the studio which now you drop down a floor but the roof is the same height and it's a totally mm-hmm. different feeling and mm-hmm. there's there's just something very like safe and mm. comfortable about that confinement that, yeah, there that is. Yeah, having, that's true. Having, Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's it's really, uh, and it, it goes back to just architecture and the space, but like nature's architecture is on a scale that is so uncomprehendable mm. because we're just such a small component of it that, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that, that like humility and that perspective is, is really, um, is really important, I think, to take in. I think the Grand Canyon's a great place to say, can you actually conceive, can you actually totally grasp the size of that Mm. i mean really no you think about even if you're in one little spot in the grand canyon it's running for 
you know, miles and miles, every which way, mm-hmm. hundreds of miles. And you're just way down there. It's what, a mile deep mm-hmm. in one spot? Isn't it really, really deep? Like, holy cow, man. Yeah. Can you actually, I mean, you don't really actually grasp size, hmm. you know? I think you kind of kind of have an idea, but yeah. not really. Yeah. Yeah. And the nice thing about it in terms of that ungraspable grandeur is when you think about concepts of like space and galaxies and yeah, you know, yeah. I just yeah. wanted to mention this. Line. I just was about talking about mm-hmm. it. But it's like you have can't. You, you can't. Have you seen the crazy zoom out? Oh yeah, this yeah. comparison. Bef- yeah, to Laniakea and, and, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yes. Like those clusters of galaxies. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they zoom out. It's just yeah. something. Yeah, we, we can't even conceive that. There's it, no way for the human mind to conceive it's that. It's impossible. At least at least when you're standing underneath a redwood, like there's a tangible thing in front of you, mysterious in every way that it can survive at that scale. That is yeah. a living thing. Yeah. And you're looking at it and it's just like, okay, you know, this is 280 feet, mm. 315 feet tall. Oh, mm. oh mm. okay. I, I can't yeah. see the top of it, but like I get that is gigantic. I can touch it. I can feel it. But when you start to try and wrap your mind around something that is infinite, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just impossible. Mm. It's impossible to the point that it almost makes me so frustrated. I just choose <laughs> to not think about it. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. can't because uh-huh. like I want to understand that. I want to be able to mm-hmm. wrap mm-hmm. my mind around mm-hmm. it. And it's impossible because it's never ending. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I think about oh, what was I? Or I'm trying to think of what I was watching. Some something about um, some culture that that believed in this place where if you went to this place and you somehow fell into this place or ended up falling through the floor of this place, that you would fall for eternity. Mm. Uh-huh. And I started thinking about that, like, man, falling for eternity, would you spend the entire time falling, wondering when you're going to hit something? Mm. Like, would you ever be able to let go of the fact that you were going to fall for forever? Or like, say, for example, you're an astronaut doing a spacewalk and you lose your tether to the shuttle or the space station and you are just floating in space. Yeah. And you're going to float until your life ends. This is is incomprehensible to me. Every time oh. I float in the float tank, I think about this. Wow. Because I, you're you're suspended and there's no mm-hmm. sound. It's totally dark. There's mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. sensation. It's just you floating in this mm-hmm. in this capsule, right? And when you sensory deprivation tank. And I always think that I wonder if this is what it would be like to just float through space. Probably. Except for I know I'm safe here, but not mm-hmm. not knowing that you're safe, not having the ability to exit. That that's just where you are until your body stops breathing. Mm. Hey, have you seen Doctor Strange? No. It's there, there's this actor Tom Hiddleston and there's one <laughs> special point. I've been falling for 30 minutes. <laughs> and that's such... <laughs> you have to see this. <laughs> that's, I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> oh, my. I, I love that point in that movie so much. That, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is where I look at base jumping. Mm. As a, and I'm just like, yes, mm. yes. Yeah. I get this. Mm. Mm-hmm. I get the draw to it. I understand why people take the risk. 
the notion yeah. of being able to, yeah. and it's not even flying because you can't even get in a plane and fly, but, but, but now you, you get all of the sensation, the wind and the speed. It's now tangible. It's, a, it's, it's something that you, you are now at the nose of the plane instead of inside of the plane, right? Mm-hmm. You, you are experienced every element of flying mm-hmm. and to find the highest place to jump off of, to get the longest experience of falling. I could totally get into that. I'm not going yeah. to. It's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's yeah. not something I'm going to be doing, but I understand it. And it, it, it is, there's like a huge... Uh, uh, like curiosity and appeal to me like base jumping sounds like a good idea yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I won't be doing it but it sounds like a good idea mm. <laughs> yeah. and, a little scary <laughs> and because you have the scale of the landscape around you it seems different than skydiving for whatever reason to me and i've never skydived either and i probably am not going to be skydiving like i want to be here for you know taft as he grows up i'm like that's that's really a priority for me so that mm. i i'm sure i could die on the drive to Portland tomorrow, but you know, the chances of that versus skydiving or base jumping are, I I think significantly lower, I hope, but like something about having that sense of scale and tangible objects around you that you can experience the rate at which you're passing them and the rate at you're falling and feeling those elements seems very, very, uh, intense. Yeah. Have you, have you ever thought about base jumping? Oh my God. Yeah. A lot. I just don't want to do it. No, you don't want to. <laughs> no. I mean, you've been up on those mountains. You've I, I probably seen people base jump. I have. I, I like being up there. I like being a thousand feet or two thousand feet on the edge of a ha- overhanging cliff. I love that feeling. Uh-huh. I just don't want to have that split second. If I make it an error, like if this parachute doesn't pull. Oh, it's. Mm. I'm gonna have to sit there and think about that for a second. Uh-huh. Oh, mm. I'm I'm gonna die right now. Huh? Mm. Bam. I just yeah. don't want that to happen. Mm. I don't know. Don't you want to believe that in that moment you could be like, all right, this is what's happening. Mm. <laughs> I, I have to believe that that's not what happens. I think it would no. be like the biggest oh shit moment <laughs> ever, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> You're just yeah. done. Uh-huh. You know, and that's like not the way you want to go out. Like to, to gracefully be like, I am falling and now I'm... Mm. In uh, letting go, but I don't think that's what ha- I don't think that's the way it works. Well, one, one of the other things too that kind of discouraged me is you know every uh, Sunday morning at Camp Four mm-hmm. when you live in the valley, you go do a, a climber report, tell you who fell, who's died this week, what's going on, and every every Sunday you get coffee or, or cocoa, and you you hear the oh yeah we found so and so they were dead. What did we find at their butt? Well, we found a tooth. It was like oh, and a piece of bone and a cam. That's what? the part. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't find much of their body. It was just splattered. It just disintegrated when it hit the rock. Oh. And I'm like, yeah. man, oh man, dude, that's <laughs> always like sit in my mind. Like, yeah, we found pieces of their body. There was like some splatter and blood on the thing. I was like, wow, that's a way to go. I guess wow. I don't want to go that way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. There's so many visual moments when the Rangers have talked to you about these stories that I'm just like. I don't think I'm gonna jump off anything. I'm uh-huh. okay with that. I'm good. <laughs> sure. I mean, sure. I'm gonna really make sure my gear is in there really well. I'm secure. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make it up. Like I would never want a job where I was exposed to that kind of stuff. Dude, that's intense. Like first intense, responder yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that. Man, well, that is I kudos to people that can do that and mm-hmm. like thank goodness that they exist because I'm sure they save a lot of people. But I, I just man, there's some things that you you could never erase. I mean, you get mm. that fear in rock climbing. That rock fall is something that you can't control, and if it hits you, you yeah, good chance some, you're going to die. Yeah, 
But usually the rock's falling so fast, it's going to go through right through your head or the helmet, and you won't even know what happened to you. Are you serious? Yeah. Rocks? You, you yeah. Think, think about a rock. No, yeah, Pretty yeah, yeah, good yeah. size flying, 1,000 feet hit you in the head. I mean, this is the whole thing with like, like the Empire like State Building and people like throwing pennies off of it, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah was that debunked? Rocket. Yeah, that was debunked. Because okay. the penny hits... Ver um, what uh, what's the terminal velocity? Terminal velocity, and there's so much air friction to it that it doesn't mm. actually go fast enough. Oh, uh -huh. it would probably hurt and, though, right? And there's a lot of upcurrent on those buildings uh -huh. because the building will heat, create less dense air, so air is flowing up. So a lot of times things will come down really soft. Well, isn't that mm. the case? It, I mean, not with the rocks. Oh, okay. They're just like these little missiles. Yeah, yeah, they're missiles. Wow, <laughs> it's yeah. a little terrifying when it's one comes really flying terrifying. by you. I, I experienced <laughs> it several times, and the falling stones produce very special sound. It is something. You it's it. super Bing! terrifying. You, you hear it above your head. Yeah. It's like this weird, like echo, yeah. like and, a, like water in the wall. Yeah, and, and bouncing coming at you. Yeah, and once the stones hit the ground or another stone, it's it's the most terrifying sound you, ever you have to hear when the a stone sound. hits the ground when, yeah yeah when you hear it it'll bounce off the wall and it makes this weird it's its own noise and when they're coming down i mean some of them come down idiots will knock boulders off like this wow and i you know you hear it kaboom oh my gosh so just pin yourself against the wall as tight as you can and hope it's not coming at you and it bounces over well, you just close your eyes and hope what are you going to do? You can't touch no, the damn like, thing. <laughs> if you're hanging on a wall on a thing, you can't really go anywhere, man. I mean, I guess I kind of feel like I'd want to see it if it's going to, you know, just be like, well, all right, you know, here we go. I, uh, But again, I've never been there. Like, I, I could totally imagine, like, just be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, just, I figure I, I've always thought, well, as long as I get myself as tight to the wall as I can, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, this thing exactly. hits, if it'll bounce, most likely go yeah, Because yeah. the possibility is pretty low of it hitting me. Yeah. But if I make myself as tight here, but if I'm hanging out on the edge, that thing's going to probably, you know, because yeah. mm -hmm. it doesn't keep bouncing on the wall. Boom. Boom. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a much. And that's why I will not base jump. I'll watch people base jump. Looks really cool, right? Mm. But also my, my idol in rock climbing died doing it. Yeah. And I remember when he got into it and he started doing it, everyone in Camp 4 said, he's going to kill himself doing this. Mm. And then what happens? He kills himself doing it. Yeah. Like, I looked up to that guy so immensely. And then losing You're talking him, about Dean Potter? Yeah, it was a terrible moment for yeah. him. Yeah. It was a terrible moment. I yeah. cried my eyes out over that guy. Yeah. He's such a great, influential rock climber, you mm. know? Man, mm. he had a, he had a huge impact on a large population of people. Huge, mm -hmm. yeah. It changed my life. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah, interesting. Interesting when people choose those paths that are so dangerous. Yeah. I mean... The the draw is clear. The draw is very clear. Oh, the adrenaline. Yeah, uh, but but I mean also just like adrenaline, but also just the presence of mind and being mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. moment. Yeah, I mean like people try very hard to live in the moment now. Mm. I, I I think everybody's striving to to be able to do that better. Yeah. We're so oriented towards the future or towards the past. It's just like the right now is is such a, and it's always so, um, you know, it's always so here and here and gone mm -hmm. that it's just like you think about it afterwards or you think about what's coming up. You were saying you work better under pressure. I would I would love to. I I I really have a hard time 
working under, I mean, I can work under pressure. The, mm-hmm. the basis of my apprenticeship was working under mm-hmm. intense pressure yeah. constantly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, 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 I would rather not do that. Unfortunately, mm. like trying to make a living doing bonsai, you are, there's always something on the horizon that you've got to be yeah. Yeah. working your butt off to achieve. Right now we're trying to build a freaking greenhouse, mm. you know, and it's <laughs> like every day that goes by, I'm just like, shit, it's another day. You know, it's, now it's November, <laughs> you know, 22nd. Yeah. And yeah. This thing was supposed to be built by the end of September. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am so tired of that. I'm exhausted of that. Mm. You'd never know that you don't like working under pressure. <laughs> yeah. You get it done quite well. Oh, man. But it's, I, I think like we're almost programmed for that. Yeah. I think with Every, the, yeah, with I think the pace, does. the pace yeah. of information mm. and the pace of life and, and the rapidity mm. of correspondence and communication, it's inst- instantaneous now. Yeah. So things can happen so fast that, that, that we are functioning with that expectation of ourselves to be functioning at that pace of that instantaneous rate mm. of communication and, and mm. information transference. We're not geared for this stuff, man. Like our brains are not ready for this. And it's just, it's destroying people. It's destroying the fabric of society. It's destroying all it's destroying a lot of things that like I'm sure our our brains are rapidly evolving. Like you look at a young kid pick up a piece of technology as if mm. it was as if they had been trained to utilize it. It's intuitive. Mm. Uh, the the rate of uh at which we are becoming antiquated in our capacity to keep up with technology. I mean, it is a full-time job. You look at a computer programmer now, by the time they're adept at, at using a, a, a programming language, that is obsolete. By mm-hmm. the time they can function with it, it is obsolete. Mm-hmm. And the next generation is already on to the next programming language and understanding it more intuitively. I mean, I have to believe this is some form of intellectual or or brain adaptation and evolution with mm. the these influences and you mm. start to talk about epigenetics and yeah. how the things that that you experience when you you know create a child those things are passed on genetically to that kid so our exposure to technology I don't know. I mean, I'm not a scientist. I don't study epigenetics, but you have to believe as big of a part of our life as it's become, it's probably being somewhere transferred in our DNA. And Mm. you see the intuition with which the younger and younger kids are capable of handling technology. And it's just like, where does that come from? Mm -hmm. It's got to come from some aspect of the the environmental stimuli that we are adapting to try and respond to then being communicated genetically mm. to that mm. next generation so they're more adept at being able to handle that mm. and it's it's pretty radical when you start thinking about it i get some seedlings from your bonsai trees right <laughs> just calm down and grow a bonsai right mhm yeah it doesn't look like that <laughs> you know yeah it's like Yeah, actually, you know, the people who don't do bonsai, you know, like, or, yeah, time to time up here, somebody like, wow, this is, this is, you know, bad what you do with the trees, you know, shade them, no, but I always thinking about, like, if the whole, if everybody in this world will make a bonsai, we will live in much better world. Yeah, yeah. This I I really believe in that. Yeah, 
I like, firmly agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that was part of the, I feel like that was part of the thought process. And I don't know this to be sure, but I, I mean, I think like when John Naka and Saburo Kato mm. collaborated and I don't know how big of a role John Naka had in it, but I think it was significant in the creation of the World Bonsai Friendship Federation. I think Saburo Kato had that kind of belief in mind mm. and, mm-hmm. and and maybe it was maybe more from the perspective of bonsai's capacity to unify because with the single with the single strand of of association of being passionate about this art form people with incredibly different experiences yeah. characters likes and dislikes mm-hmm. are able to unify under this one common ground mm-hmm. uh, and and I think the biggest demonstration of that, honestly, is is European bonsai and the trophy. But I, I do. I mean, I, you could talk about it being potentially the kokfu, but it's not like everybody's there with the same mentality. The kokfu, everybody's there to observe a very foreign culture who has mastered mm-hmm. their approach to their rendition of of you know representation with these tiny trees. But in Europe, you have so many cultures in such a confined space i mean the the continent of europe is not that large when you Mm -hmm. look at other land masses definitely not yeah (laughs) and 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 everybody comes together and it yeah it is is truly unifying i mean there's a lot Mm. of joy at the trophy i mean the energy there is palpable it's it's Mm -hmm. something very very special to get to experience like i i do not take for granted the opportunities to be at the trophy whenever i have the chance to be there because it is you just don't get that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's it's unique and and singular unto itself mm. with that dynamic that's created in Europe and all of those cultures and languages in that space where everybody can collaborate in that way. It's very, very cool. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Mm. Yeah. Trophy is special. All all the big European shows as you know, the big show in France is Soli Salier show. It's becoming Correct. bigger and bigger, isn't it? Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems it seems like the awareness of it and it becoming a major destination. I'm hats off to definitely is, hats yeah. off to Fred and Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've really they've really created something special there as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it there. Yeah, yeah, and it's true that there is a special atmosphere too it's like mm, very easy going like uh yeah like let's let's have a fun you know mm-hmm. let's let's make a great show let's let's meet all the people and that's it yeah that's it you know like of course the, the bonsai business is involved in that many traders and you know the, the prices who gonna who, who will be the winner you know <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> but but anyway, it's I I like I like to visit the the Solia show every every year. Yeah. How how big of a deal is it? Do you think to win those major European exhibitions? I've I've always wondered that. I mean, to win mm. the Kokufu is a big deal in Japan. How big of a deal is it to win the trophy or to win at Saliu? I, mm. I I I want to understand this, but I really have no concept. Depends Me who either. is the winner. 
Because I mean, if you if you are like if you are just a collector and you just buy the tree, imported tree from Japan or some European refined tree of the highest quality, and you know the European bonsai world is pretty small, so everybody know knows like okay, this guy just bought this tree he's like a collector but if if uh just like two weeks ago <laughs> yeah just like two weeks ago and now he's a, he's a winner okay we can live with that but if some some like bonsai creator or bonsai artist gonna win the show with his tree which he developed this tree in last you know 20 years or it can help a lot you know like uh to build up your name in europe as a bonsai artist or creator and it's it's like a good exposure to, mm. the, to the public and yeah do you think that winning a major european show has the capacity to increase your success as as a bonsai professional having that credential of having won uh i would say yes really yes. i i never been in this position so yeah. far because my trees are not uh ready to be Shown and win, yeah. <laughs> exhibited and win. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but I'm, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it looks like that. Mm. It looks like that the scene works like that. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. it's it's easy to understand, right? Or like, I don't know if somebody, you know, you have this winning tree here. Let's see if you sell me the tree, or if you have another capable of winning another show mm. that, that helps yeah mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. yeah yeah i've never understood that i mean i uh, yeah in the beginning you said you don't get the concept i also don't get the concept like uh, I, and it's uh, when i say i don't get the concept it's not from like i don't understand logically how it works yeah and, but and, the concept <laughs> yeah and 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 when i when i say that it's also that i i don't think it's valuable i think it's incredibly valuable um like i support i support competition i support judging i support you know acknowledging mm-hmm. for for me i think the judging process and you you hope that the judges are able to objectively make a decision mm. you know and I, and i think if 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 judging a show it's impossible to set standards because the standards change everywhere and it's impossible to set a, a perfect structure and yeah. framework. Mm. But you hope that the judges are judging from a perspective of putting all bias aside and any association and, and just acknowledging the kind of level of work that goes into the selection of a tree that's truly worthy of winning a, a show of the scale that the trophy or Saliu would have because I know judging the trophy now, you know, a a number of times, um, there are so many good trees that at first, when you walk in to judge a show like that, it's, it's incredibly intimidating. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like, how are you going to wrap your mind around this exercise of picking out the best? But as you Mm -hmm. walk through a show, over and over and over again, there are undeniable things that start to separate some trees from others. And mm. you know, I, I, I 
think I talked about this in terms of the trophy and the tree that won uh, this year, the Austrian black pine, the Pinus nigra. Austrian black pine, right? Yeah, it's a Spanish mm-hmm. tree. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's a tree that's been ex- exhibited a number of times. And it's a tree that's cre- kind of procured this provenance based on the number of times it's been seen. And every time it's been seen, it's been seen, it's been better mm-hmm. and better and better. It wasn't my favorite tree in the show by far. I mean, there were there were trees that were much lesser developed or you know, could have been the certain things could have been done potentially and, you know, subjective things, but also just detail things. I mean, making sure that it's cleanly presented is, is, mm. is in my mind, you know, a tree that's not well presented, but has all of the character should not win. Mm. It's just like, you have this great tree, like you owe it to the tree as much as anything. Mm. You're going to put this in front of somebody, oil the pot, make sure that the presentation is, is right and beautiful. Like just be respectful. Mm. Um, but that tree, every single point of that tree and knowing Nigra and how difficult of a species it is mm. and to get the needle reduction and the even distribution and the, the uniqueness of the material, the rarity of that material being so special within that species and stuff. You just hope that the judging of shows like that has that level of appreciation, respect, Mm. and knowledge that allows that decision to be made. And if that is the case, then I fully support judging because then it's on on a platform that does acknowledge that kind of effort and that kind of skill level and that kind of uh, commitment to getting a tree of that nature to that level and presenting it in its best way. That deserves recognition. Yep. Mm-hmm. That deserves because mm-hmm. it creates for people that are experiencing bonsai for the first time or are learning about bonsai, or even if you've known about it and been doing it forever, it validates that effort. And that feels good. Like whether we want to argue in bonsai that it's not about the person, it's not about the artist, it's about the tree, et cetera, et cetera. Well, even if it's about the tree, the respect for the tree demands that kind of attention in acknowledging that that kind of attention and consideration and respect has been given is an important aspect. And that's mm-hmm. where I find judging to be of paramount value, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and being able, hopefully as a judge, to draw people's attention to why was this chosen, you know? And you hope, and you, you, you know that a lot of people that look at it are going to have a difference of opinions, and that's okay. As long as you can fundamentally explain why as a judge you chose that, then that's okay for people to disagree. Mm-hmm. But maybe you can share something in your perspective about it that helps them appreciate that piece even more and validate that effort, you know? And they can mm. learn something. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. However, another hand, I would love to see in the future more bonsai shows without any judging or without any winners you know and prizes just the show which maybe will be in the art gallery rather than in mm. some you know you know what i mean like a, let's make a bonsai show like a from a perspective of art let's let's show to the public some art and uh, that's it you know like could i I feel like that would be an exhibition of Jan's work. You know, I feel like that's where an individual artist, it's very hard 
to take uh, people's trees and in a, a, a cumulative mm-hmm. group and mm-hmm. be able mm-hmm. to yeah. synthesize yeah. this idea. Mm-hmm. And that's really where I think there's a lot of room for people passionate, whether you're a hobbyist or a dedicated practitioner or a professional. That is an avenue in bonsai that has not been explored enough. Obviously, there are a lot of people that have done it, and there are a lot of, you could say, yes, it's been done, but it doesn't mean that it's been done in every way it could be done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it's probably the least explored or the least poked and prodded and and sort of tapped mm. into for the influence that it could have and the kind of things that could be learned from that. Mm-hmm. I find I, I totally agree with you. And and when yeah. I think about it, it's it's hard to think about taking on somebody else's tree and then putting it into a space where you're very clearly going to use that to communicate more than compare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. an exhibition, when it's judged, is a comparison. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I've exactly. been trying to do it a little bit. Yeah, at shows in I, different I, places. I, I, breweries. Think what, I think what you're doing in combining it with music and atmosphere yeah. is I don't know that I've ever seen that done. It was really fun. It's kind of good to get people that would never otherwise come look at a tree. Why does mm-hmm. someone want to go mm-hmm. to a mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. where we're like? The trees are all lined up. You yeah. Put it in their space where they're used to going and make yeah. it look good. Yeah. yeah. I and thought you, it was a really positive response. You and know? using the space. I mean, yeah, yeah. Utilizing mm-hmm. the working space. with architecture yeah, yeah, is... I, yeah. yeah, that I, was kind of fun too. I, I, I really believe if we... Or I mean, if, if the bonsai world starts to incorporate more and more these ideas which came which comes from contemporary art or all the modernistic art, or especially the contemporary art, the bonsai in the Western world will be even big, bigger and better and better. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And there's, and, and it's, it's infinite. Yeah. yeah. It's infinite. Yeah. It's not, yeah. you how just many... can't close yourself in, from these influences. Otherwise you just stop evolve. And, and we were already talking about, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's not, evolving things Hmm. i think uh seeing this firing and talking more with you in person and having this time with you while you're here it would be very interesting to collaborate on selecting a space where we create intentional pieces of my work and your work and we put them into a space that feels like it works with the architecture or the concept or the theme of your work and the theme of your work and the theme of my work are very intentionally selected to mesh together Mm. like these kinds of collaborations and these kinds of intentional gestures allow for discovery to take place and that that is there is think about all of the things and i mean there's nothing stopping anybody in the bonsai world from doing this. It's, this is not a, a proprietary idea. It's not a, it's not a unique idea. This has been being done mm-hmm. for as long as art sure. has existed, sure. you know, but, but, but with bonsai have, have we even began to dabble in this? I, I just don't think so. I mm. mean, I know there have been attempts and there have been 
gestures to I'm like, I've tried in, in different spaces and I look at it now and I feel like, well, that was a nice juvenile attempt or a very child, you know, like I did my best at the time and I've yeah. learned and grown and it's, it's only going to get yeah. better. And the only way that you get better is by doing that. And then mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. exactly critically looking at it and saying, yeah. okay, all right, we had to start somewhere. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Start somewhere. You had That's to start exactly. somewhere. Yeah. You, you yeah. can't make it just the greatest on your first attempt you know it's impossible yeah it's, and it's a right. path that was you already said it's unexplored much so yeah. so and someone has to do it and yeah. we have time to do it yeah in our we lives. have time i hope mm-hmm. not much time but sometimes yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> this 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 yeah exactly this drives my motivation for the future work and projects you know stone slabs trees incorporate contemporary or ideas of from uh, contemporary art you know into bonsai cooperate with artists designers this is yeah i i can't wait you know yeah. for the That's future a, for yeah. not no, the sake of winning fact, some kind yeah. of competition but for just for the sake of making it for that yeah for what no, I, mean, I think this is an yeah. in, entirely i mean this isn't a judge the like this I mean, pe- people happen, are people man. are going to have their opinions but that's different than you're now presenting for a comparison to figure out which one was the best of the comparison no, no, you know no, mm-hmm. this, is, this is doing it for the sake of 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 learning and and sharing and and, yeah, and really trying yeah, to yeah. Ryan, mm-hmm. really trying to expand mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. it is we think about and know about this art form because it's just the discussion of what it's like to stand in front of a redwood or mm-hmm. to see the Pacific coast and mm-hmm. you have that scale and that sense of all of the elements. When you take bonsai and you put it into these spaces, you're not void. You're not without all of those influences. Mm. I mean, even even the intentional aspect of creating a sensory experience of sound and smell yeah whether you choose to try to represent the organic environment in a man-made architectural space or Mm. whether you choose to associate that tree with a different theme or experience for people to grab onto and maybe even a repulsion would be very very interesting to Mm. leave people with i mean (laughs) i mean i don't think it's like the most positive thing for bonsai but going back to our discussions that we had yesterday where it's like to create work that somebody hates is better than to create work that somebody's ambivalent to. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it's mm-hmm. more of a victory for somebody oh, yeah. to yeah. hate something that I've done than to look at it and be like, oh yeah, uh-huh. uh, okay. yeah. Uh, well. as you should. Okay, and, keep it keep moving on. Uh, you know, it's like I would mm-hmm, rather than be mm-hmm. like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. I hate this. I hate this. It's like, thank you. Yes, okay. That's <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that feedback. <laughs> thank you yeah. for having a response. <laughs> like, I'm so glad. I I would have liked for it to be different, but mm. but it's not bad that you dislike it. You mm. know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. not bad. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's totally good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, life's good. Life's good. Jan <laughs> made uh, phenomenal Rocky Mountain juniper for us today, so he's feeling pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah, he's feeling pretty Thanks. good. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, to be here in Mirai and work with such a great trees. Yeah, you know, it's great like, trees. 
Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you to the North American landscape. <laughs> thank you to the North <laughs> yeah. American landscape. And, you know, honestly, you always have to give credit to the people that are out there, you know, capable of, of finding and responsibly collecting those pieces. Yeah. I mean, Randy's, mm-hmm. Randy's mm-hmm. a monster. I, yes. Yeah. He's out hunting. That was otherwise. an experience. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for showing us his yard. Wow. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's crazy. He's, yeah. he's, you know, I've seen I've seen tons of uh, Yamadori sold in in Europe, but this is something. Else. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing in, like that. Song. Nah. In yeah. general, this is this is something really special. I was really deeply impressed when I have seen the for the first time the American trees. You know, like yeah. Rocky Mountains, the Ponderosa Pines. I was like, how's that even possible? You know, yeah. the trees are much more massive bigger i think Hmm. older i remember when i cleaned my first rocky mountain juniper and i was like okay pretty used to clean up the the sabinas just the several layers of the bark and you are done you know and the bark is nice and and red and you you hit the very you know the the the, uh, thin layer yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but with this rocky mountain juniper it was like Endless layers and layers of super <laughs> old accumulated, you know, mm-hmm. bark, and then you then you start to clean this super old dead wood with all these fissures and texture. It's something really unique. Yeah, super wild, super massive and old. Yeah, special trees. Mm. And and, and um, rugged, 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 rugged in a way that. Like when you see Japanese Yamadori, I, I I would tend to characterize Japanese Yamadori as very elegant. Hmm. When you look at the white pine, yeah. When you look at the red hmm. pine, and you look at the shimpaku, and the, and the deadwood of shimpaku is, it's 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 like silk. It's mm-hmm. like this ribbon, and yeah. and obviously there are, are so many exceptions to that, and 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 there is mass, and there is is rugged, but it's not rugged on the same frequency it's a it's a it's a different level of rugged that occurs mm-hmm. in north america and 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 i'm absolutely understand and know that there's rugged everywhere in the world but it but it is it is interesting and it's when you think about the continent of north america the rocky mountains mm. divide the continent although not physically in terms of a landmass in half because it's it's very heavily weighted to the western side of the landmass mm-hmm. but when you go east of the Rocky Mountains, conifers no longer dominate the landscape and mm-hmm. the landscape flattens out. But when you mm-hmm. go to the west of the Rocky Mountains, the Rocky Mountains initiate this move into geology and the the you know the Utah desert with these mm. radical rock formations. And then you climb up into the White Mountains, you've got the 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 Great Basin where bristle cones exist and the White Mountains where the bristle cones exist and this rain shadow of the Sierra Nevadas that's cast across mm. the western United States until you hit the Rockies where another mountain range causes another release of moisture. And the Sierra Nevadas you know, when you talk about the Rocky Mountains, the first time I went to the Sierra Nevadas, it was a full-on like Dumb and Dumber uh, experience. Like that, John Denver's full of shit because the Sierra Nevadas are truly rocky. The wow. Rocky Mountains are like kind of rocky. There's a lot of dirt mixed in. The Sierra uh-huh. Nevada is just rock. Wow, it's just 
granite. Mm-hmm. There like mm-hmm. isn't any soil. It's <laughs> wow. just granite. Wow. A whole mountain range of nothing but rock. <laughs> wow. And it, it is breathtaking. Wow. And it's like a rounded granite or like a cubic, you know what I mean? Like a Both. or everything. Both. 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 Wow. Both. Even yeah. more interesting. Both. Yeah. Mm. It's mm. the Sierra Nevadas. I I think in terms of all of the mountain ranges that I've ever been in, and I haven't explored the Alps enough to really mm. say, you know, and I've never been to the Himalayas, so I yeah, obviously there's like, or the Andes. I mean, you, you can go on and on, mm. and I'm sure each one is very, very impressive in its own way, but the Sierra Nevadas is is really, they're pretty intense. They're, mm. they're A lot in, of extremes. Oh, okay. just A lot of extremes. Harder, mm-hmm. harder. Like yeah. physically harder, like just made out okay. of granite. There's not yeah. even like some soil to like kneel, mm. kneel down mm. in, you know, mm. like you you get banged up in the Sierra Nevadas in a way that I never experienced in the Rockies. Mm. I mean, you get cut and you get scraped. It's like, if you don't, if you're not totally on point, you're going to get hurt in the Sierra Nevadas, <laughs> right? In the Rockies, you might take a tumble, you know, there's like a little meadow you can lay in to mend your wounds, ah, but okay. in the Sierras, yeah. it's like, yeah. I'm going to no cut meadows. you and then you can die yeah. right there because uh-huh. there's a blizzard uh-huh. on you now. And uh-huh. it's, just, it's that kind of a place and it's, it's it, extreme. it is really, really uh, extreme. Uh, mm. Yeah. yeah it's Another really, place which wonderful. we need to explore. Oh, the Sierras? Yeah. It's endless. It's a lifetime. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's beautiful. There's so many places to go and different you do, things to you see. You do need to see the Sierras. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. There's so Sounds much. Great. There's so much to see. So many mm. little spots you'll find and mm-hmm. places you can get away from everyone. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I love coming three, 395 on the backside of the Sierras because the desert is right on your on one side and on the other side... Are these giant peaks shooting up out of the sky. Wow. Yeah, it's just so it's like, like another planet. It, it's mm. like, wow. Mm. So if I'm here, there's nothing. But I go right there and it's mm-hmm. the most moist water uh, mountain range in the United States. We have tons of water up there. It's just wow. crazy and wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The Sierras. I felt, I felt oddly more at home in the Sierras than I ever did in the Rocky Mountains. And I grew up in the Rocky Mountains. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that was. Hmm. I, I still, to this day, when I go to the Sierras, I just feel at home. Wow, mm. the smells. It's a little different smell. It's there. very different. It's, it's very different. Yeah, hmm. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, even even the culture around the Sierra Nevadas, like the there's a lot of remnants of gold panning and the gold the the California gold rush there's, uh, there's still yeah. a lot of that yeah, they still gold rush it's still uh-huh. gold yeah uh-huh. there's, there's, uh-huh. there's still gold coming out of that mountain yeah just but the uh, rush <laughs> it carry it carries like the Sierras Sierras carry with it and I think California as a state it's interesting how much we've managed to screw up a <laughs> just the most magnificent place on earth in a singular mm. state you've got the tallest tree the largest tree and the oldest tree mm. you have what i would consider to be one of the most impactful mountain ranges in the world mm-hmm. mm. and and it's just a state full of just screwed upness but but wonderful and that's why people so many people live there is cuz it's amazing yeah but uh but there's a culture there that like quantifies in, in all of those elements being in this very close proximity, it's like you can look at that and you can see where 
the spirit of the Western United States, at least, but I think it probably echoes in American culture in general is you can look at it and you can be like, oh, I see, I see, I see why Americans are the way they are. And obviously that's broad and there's all kinds of exceptions Mm -hmm. to that, but there's Mm -hmm. a general, general sort of spirit Mm -hmm. of of American culture that still does exist. I mean, it's shifting right now and, and who knows if this is just like a trend or if it'll continue, but it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to be plopped in that and kind of look at everything around and be like, oh, I see how this is in. Yeah, this is, I see where the spirit of mm. uh, has come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like the Shire and the Czech, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was for me. It was interesting to travel, you know, from East Coast to West Coast to be here and there, and to yeah, just discover and explore the, the states a little bit, you know, like but but quite a good start i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> your experience because not mm. only did you i mean you were obviously working but you had mm-hmm. some time yeah. to go see mm-hmm. stuff and, ex- mm-hmm. and experience outside of the professional aspect yeah but you also get to, got to interact with the people oh yeah yeah because, so there's mm-hmm. i mean even in the the accent and the terminology mm-hmm. yeah and the general gestures and behaviors mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. And the East Coast is undeniably aggressive. You know, like what we would consider mean on the West Coast is like nice normal. on the East Coast or normal. That's like <laughs> okay. a friendly conversation. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, like yeah. every time I go to New York, I'm always like, God, everybody's yelling at me. And it's just like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Why are you toughen up? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, jeez, ah, Louise, you know, like calm down. <laughs> Easy. Why, I want to get out of here. I got to leave. <laughs> yeah. 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 Same <laughs> happens in our little shire. Oh, <laughs> we yeah. We also have these it's differences in yeah, yeah. Within the behavior. Czech yeah, yeah. Huh. It's yeah. Czech, Czech is you know the shire <laughs> divides yeah. into Bohemia, Moravia, More, Sicilia, yeah, sure. yeah, and stuff uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. And uh, you would even run out of <laughs> some of the parts just yeah. because of the people. We have even some Mordor, right? Yeah, Prague, we have Mordor, Prague is the yeah. Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> Not just Prague. <laughs> do you like Do you like Prague? Uh, for a day. For a yeah, day, yeah, country boy. That's how I feel like New York. That's how I feel. Like, in yeah, nice. I yeah, used to live there for three years, yeah, and that was yeah. just enough. And yeah. did you? I mean, did you enjoy it when you lived there? Was that at a point in your life where you were capable of enjoying it? And now you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, so I much. did, did, but uh, I was happy coming back to my uh, little town. Yeah, and build a house there with my father and just be there. Yeah, yeah. I always felt like I have my roots there, and yeah. Something about small communities, huh? Small communities. It's nice to have that smaller group of people around you and. Yeah, it's just like the calmer place, you know. I, yeah. I'm not the big city guy. No. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, countryman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're a country boy. Uh, country boy. Yeah. <laughs> but I experienced quite a big cities here, as Chicago or you know, <laughs> Los Chicago Angeles, you know, San Francisco, yeah. and uh, somehow I felt much more comfortable in these much, much bigger cities than Prague. Because Prague is not such a huge city, Mm. but somehow the people there are a little bit weird. Like, Mm. really, like, (laughs) I don't know. There is so much. 
So many so, people talk so about how great it's, it's like it's kind of different reality. Yeah, it's man. not comfortable to be there. You huh. know, it's like huh. for some reason I don't I don't know. I mean, huh. does does Prague have and, and does the Czech in general? I, I think we already talked about this in terms of art in the Czech. But does Prague hmm. is Prague an epicenter of of art and the creative community, or is it a city that is built because a lot of cities are built around industry? Oh, or is, are are built around, and then some cities really foster, or mm. somehow are attractive to an artistic community. I mean, like, yeah, it to, is attractive. To, yeah, is it? Yeah. So it's so yeah. it's a creative yeah. place, and not just to the community of uh, of art, but uh, you know, it's really attractive city um, as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, you know, maybe the I think that Prague Castle is supposed to be the biggest or largest castle in the world mm. i think I've, oh, oh I've yeah actually it. yeah 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 because it's maybe, just yeah. all over a big mm -hmm, hill mm -hmm. and yeah. you know the old town around you know they are building this town for more than a thousand years mm. <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, yeah it, and it's really beautiful the, yeah. the the set you know the carve of the vltava river and one old town, the new town, which is pretty old already, and the castle above, and and the cathedral there, and yeah, the the the, the layout is nice, and huh. yeah, lot lot of culture going on there. Mm. That that's yeah, that's fine, but still, you know, not all inhabitants of Prague uh, seem like be uh, impressed by that, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Or mm -hmm. just uh, influenced mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. by mm. the yeah. you can really smell culture there in the air, but yeah, not not every inhabitant just gets it through the nose, and it's yeah, 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 yeah. different. It's like yeah, just different. Yeah, and of course we are a small country, so if you like if you are an artist you can start to make something whenever you want but so sooner or later you end up in prague you know like bigger communities yeah. more people more opportunity it's same for business you know sport mm -hmm. art everything huh. everybody sooner or later end up in prague yeah, yeah. the reason yeah. why i said that uh, yeah for a day prague for a day uh I, sometimes I really need to go there. Like, I I don't have to buy something which I, what I get there, or I just need to go there to see that, and I want to just walk around the river or something. But what, the reason why I don't stay for the other day is just the tourists just push you out of the mm -hmm. town. There, there's <laughs> su mm -hmm. such crowded city, you know. Mm -hmm. the, yeah, it's super crowded and uh, everything is like too fast there for no and the business of reason. tourism also. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, that, yeah. The business of tourism mm -hmm. is unfortunate. That, that, mm -hmm. that, that's a bit like um, but that's that not fights just... the culture there too. Mm. Yeah. I grew up I grew up in a in a part of the Rockies that was a tourism based economy. Okay. Skiing in the winter. Mm rafting and fishing in the summer oh okay. i mean it was just 
Like there was nothing originally. Yeah. It was just where I grew up near Aspen was just all ranch ranches, like cattle ranches, uh-huh. you know, like very like uh, rural country. <laughs> and then it became something so different. Even in the time, I mean, I mm. lived there from when I was born till I was eighteen, and the change in mm-hmm. in my short time there was dramatic watching all the ranch lands get developed and stuff. But that, that shift in, in everything that comes with it is really unique. But one of the things that you were saying, Tom, and I was going to ask, ask you both about is, I mean, in Europe, when you go to these big places, the castles and cathedrals and that kind of history and stuff, like we just simply don't have that. Okay. We just don't have yeah. that. And, and yeah. when you go to a place that doesn't have that, do you notice that it's not there? Because when I go to a place that has that, I'm like, holy cow, that's like mm. amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm missing some nice uh, castles uh, here. Yeah, I wanted to tell you that <laughs> yeah, our little yeah. shire. Yeah, we have also the highest density of castles per square kilometer, I think. I've also uh, read this somewhere. Yeah, castles? In yeah. the Czech? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And uh, <laughs> even though when it's not visible, it's still there because it's just some yeah. um, abandoned one. Or, or really ruins and yeah but, and churches right yeah, hey i i went through a forest just like two kilometers from my house and i said hey this is kind of weird terrain here that this is just what what happened here like uh it's too steep here but it's not a rock what what was this and i realized it's an old ruin of a, of a castle yeah. you, you can't see any wall like a, and a window in the mm-hmm. uh, wall nothing like that it's just abundant ruin for like hundreds of years it, the nature totally completely took over mm-hmm. wow. but it wasn't yeah yeah in my my little so, village so literally is, yeah. there are really castles Everywhere, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in our little shy. Yeah, the, the slope Czechach, the the name of my little village. It means like a slope, is like a pole. Or the, or the pillar, pillar. Yeah, pillar in Czech. This is the translation actually, and it's a, like a sandstone tower with a castle on the top of, the, and it's in this of this huge, you know, like sandstone pillar or tower. And it's pretty common there. It's everywhere. Like five kilometers from this place is another castle on the top of the another sandstone pillar or tower. You know, it's like... In so fact, it, in fact, it's even in the pillar, like drilled through. It, oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so are you missing castles too? Tom's uh, missing castles and cathedrals. Are you, you missing know, them, Jan? Yeah. When I've been... In States, for the first time, my very first impression was like, wow, everything here was built like yesterday. And you know, I, the, I, I'm what not... What the hell's wrong? What the hell? It's like... <laughs> what's, what's missing? Yeah, yeah. Like My castle's is, missing. Yeah. It's, it's, Where's just, all the castles? Yeah, sort of like a fake city for, you know, for, ready for some movie, you know, you know what I mean? Like a not real city mm. or like... That's yeah, funny. but I don't. I'm not missing the castles. Like my soul is missing them. Like I don't feel comfortable here. Uh, I I love the like you you have you have much wider areas of uh, let's say wild nature. Yeah, or kind of wild, like nature where 
are almost like no roads or yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, Un still, still there is uh, the timber industry and stuff like that, but but it's not many villages there. And the, you, you have these, uh, and the, I like that, uh -huh. yeah, like vast forests and stuff. Mm. Or the mm, mountains. Mm. Yeah, I haven't been there. I didn't get the uh, huge dimensions of this, but I, I, next I know time. about it. I've yeah, heard about time. it. I haven't seen it, but uh, mm. we'll plan a trip next time where we just go see all the big places. Our, our cathedrals is like Yosemite. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's mm -hmm. our cathedral. Our, our cathedral. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. was so nice of you that's, to say that. Yeah, yeah and I love that. Yeah, yeah. Our yes. national park system. I mean, honestly, our, like when you yeah. think about some of the greatest things that have happened in our country, one of the monumental pillars is the national park system. Yeah, mm. it is Sequoia, Kings phenomenal, Canyon, phenomenal. Yeah. Joshua Tree, the Redwoods. Those yeah. places yeah. would yeah. not yeah. exist. Yeah. Olympic without the national mm. park system yeah. being mm. established and those That's places beautiful. being preserved. Because mm. yeah, there's so much money to be mm. had out of those places if you just mm. look at. Mm. The mm -hmm. kind of monetary value in the natural resources—it's—it's yep. it's such a blessing that they're preserved. Yeah, but uh -huh. still, what you uh -huh. said, like our cathedral, best cathedral is the Yosemite. The best cathedral all around the world is always the forest or yeah. the good, mm -hmm. nice pieces of <laughs> mm -hmm. nature. That—that's yeah. the cathedral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ro Rocky Mountain National Park has a lot of moments like where these awe-inspiring. You get into a valley and there's these high peaks on each side it's yeah a lot of extremities and, yeah. and you get out there and you bump into bears a lot you bump into a lot of wildlife and you're just kind of mm. like wow i'm at their mercy right now you know yeah. you're seeing an elk or, or a giant animal like that walking around just in their herds kind of humbles you real mm. real quick I, you know. I I always find it incredible though when you go to those places and you're out there all by yourself and it's like wait this isn't this is a national park. Like yeah. anybody could be here, and yet nobody is no one got, here. Yeah, and it's Some still it's still wild enough. I guess I would quantify like if you had to like define wild. To me, wild is a place where you could die very easily. Mm-hmm. You know, not like die of a heart attack in your home, but like, oh, geez, I just got trapped in a blizzard and there's nobody to save me or nowhere to go or <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. you know suddenly a flood or yeah absolutely but i mean <laughs> even when you're out in some of the remote places where the redwoods exist you won't see another person the entire day mm -hmm. or just, four days or four days and yeah. and if you and we talked about this on another podcast at some point like if you ran out of gas there's nobody that's going to come save you. No one's coming. <laughs> nope. And you can't walk anywhere. No. There's, there's no nowhere even, to go. Yeah. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> you could not yeah. humanly walk yeah. to a safe place. And that that is really yeah. even in even when you consider the you know the western United States as as a a small portion of the continent of North America to be able to still get lost. Mhm. Mm is a mm -hmm. real that's a real that's a really rare thing. And yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I like. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. I mean, haven't it sucks experienced when it, happens. it but, hmm. but but I like it. It sucks yeah. when it happens. It's not that yeah. fun. <laughs> but yeah. it's like yeah. the fact yeah. that it can happen is yeah. really a, it's really romantic. Yeah, I, right? I like it's, it when yeah, I'm lost. sitting here in this yeah. seat. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah exactly. In this warm room with you. Yeah. yeah, but when I have yeah. seen you know the west rim of Grand Canyon, I was thinking like that's a maybe it's not a good idea to make a day trip. 
down there to the canyon, like with nobody, just, you know, just to there, just to go there and uh, be there alone with nobody and get lost there. <laughs> a problem that we <laughs> not have a good actually, idea at all. Yeah. It's like, it's thing that happens me. a lot in our national parks here in uh -huh. the United States uh -huh. is foreigners come to the, here to our parks. This happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just going to do a little hike and they get going into it. Oh, yeah. They don't realize first that the temperatures swing mm. really far. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that there's not going to be any water. Mm. There's nowhere to stop. And they, they get themselves into these predicaments or they haven't told anyone. Mm. When that happens, then you just find a dead body, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you in the middle of the summer in, in the Sierra National in the Sierras, you can die. Very, mm -hmm. Like, no, you'll die of hypothermia. It'll go down to zero degrees sometimes in the summer. Yeah. You know, someone's out there, and yeah. in the, during the day, it's 85 degrees. So you're in shorts mm -hmm. and a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. It reminds mm -hmm. me of my little, it's just, let's say, one square kilometer or two or three. It's still a very small area. The My favorite Yamadori area, the closest to my place, the Bok. Oh, yeah. It's I was there, place. me and two guys, and, you know, the same day, uh, we saved one of the guy uh, from drowning. What? what? Yeah, yeah, because... Wow. It was his first time there, and he had <laughs> like 130 kilograms and s just stepped on a wrong spot. And without having us there... Uh, wow. Hmm. You would find a dead body if you were digging yeah. for the for the uh, sphagnum there or something. Yeah. Uh, well or preserved. Ten thousand, right. ten thousand years. It's the fossil record then. Yeah. And, uh, the fossil record. Yeah, that was that was funny. You know, we we finally saved him, and uh, and I just saw he's missing one of his shoes. And I saw the gap closing, and I just uh, inserted my whole hand till my shoulder uh, to the hole to save uh, the shoe. I, I just forgot that you still can just uh, suck you in. Just uh, just throw this shoe away because it becomes so acidic that mm. you can't walk in it mm. yeah, the shoe anymore. Becomes so acidic. Yeah, immediately. You know, down there, like one meter deep, uh, it's really acid you know yeah the, the the water you get to this shoe it maybe you will have to wash it perfectly thoroughly somehow i it's don't know acid. but but if you mm. save this shoe you you don't walk in it immediately no no you, you walk one kilometer and and you your your uh, skin starts to dissolve a bit already. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those yeah, bogs. yeah. Those crazy so bogs. so yeah. so when you so I, I just saved this uh, shoe and I realized I'm missing one of my finger <laughs> my of these rings one of them. So I inserted my hand down there again. I just grabbed a little piece of sphagnum. And luckily, the ring was there. And <laughs> the ring that Lord you of the ring. Beer bottles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This very special one. That's an, that's <laughs> oh, a, that's an important ring in your life, right <laughs> yeah. there. Okay. That's a bit. That's an important. Yeah, ring. entertaining mm. many many people all around the world already. <laughs> and uh, the other guy, just just like five minutes after that, 
he he just could completely ruin the whole place just by throwing away a cigarette. Oh. It really started to burn. And I said, what the heck are you doing? And I took the shoe to bring some water. Like it was just five <laughs> meters from some water. So I was just bringing it. And I knew, hey, what's going to happen? Uh, it can pop out like two meters and it did. I haven't seen it before, and I saw wow. it, and I was so scared. Like, you know, coming back home, putting my trees I brought, and in the evening, watching the TV news, like, hey, this book is just in fire. I was so scared. Wow. Yeah, oh. yeah what an experience. Oh, one fossil record and one tree. So. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Yeah. But not unbelievable. Yeah. Wait, so explain this to me. Like a fire starts in one location and you put it out and it moves to another? Yeah, because mm -hmm. uh, I don't know uh, how exactly this works, but in these uh, books, uh, the, the fire can burn very quickly underground. Mm -hmm. Someone mm -hmm. said that it's the old pine roots with high resin contain wow. or something i, I don't know how exactly it works but it really works mm. i've seen it i've seen it personally. unbelievable i've never yeah. heard of that before yeah and it mm. scared the shit out of me I, I was really like you know even when we were leaving i was still <laughs> looking behind my back <laughs> so so hang on i want to go back to the acidic water mm -hmm. because this dude wrong step now he's in acid land this is gonna burn the skin off of your bones so like he comes out of that you grab his shoe he can't use that shoe you're holding that shoe you stuck your arm in there he was submerged in that what do you do does, does it like not magically eat your skin away once you're out of that like he had his foot in there you stuck your arm in there it's gonna destroy his shoe it's not gonna destroy the shoe, but but you know the the shoe has this acidic water in, in that, and so staying just, in it, staying in staying it is in a it. problem. Yeah, huh. you know it's a it's leather, and some other textiles just still containing this acidic water. Wow, right? dang bogs! I don't know anything. I would absolutely die in a bog. I don't know mm -hmm. anything about bogs. We have a few here. We have some, but nothing. Yeah, I mean, I've I, I've like been to bogs i've yeah. like frolicked in bogs kind of you know and, but but so ignorant the same Hunting way trees the same way somebody goes into the sierras on an 85 degree day and then dies of exposure yeah mm -hmm. i would die in a bog i'd be like this is great look at this this is <laughs> fun there. and then all of a sudden i have i'm like looking at my bones because my skin's gone and i'm like oh shit what just happened no no not, not that hard toenails are falling off but, that sounds horrible <laughs> yeah. stay away from bogs no, I've been there alone many times. I I think I know how to behave there. Yeah, I know where to step. You know, but uh, this uh, is th this is the thing, though, right? I mean, this is like that connection to the land and awareness of your yeah, local you environment. And, mm. Yeah, there is nothing. There is nothing that can replace going to some special place with somebody who is very familiar with it because you learn mm. so much about mm -hmm. it. You pull on that wisdom and 
and getting to share that when you have that special knowledge with people, assuming they don't throw a cigarette butt that ignites some underground mm. infrastructure of high resin roots, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, uh, is is. But still, you you should never throw it. Never, never. Yeah, I, I was so upset with this guy, and I still am. <laughs> He's still in bonsai, you know, and uh, you know, I'm also a smoker, and. Uh, you just don't. You just don't do that. Yeah. You, you just don't throw it in in any kind of forest, and and you should not do it in in town. I I hate the f- cigarette filters on the ground. I, I hate it. <laughs> the number of forests in North America that have been burned down by cigarette butts is shocking. I watched yeah. Yosemite burn. I was From a there. cigarette butt. Uh, we don't actually. So they say it may have been like a campfire, and they think that they had a campfire the night before and try to put it out, and. Uh, half dome uh on the west side of the dome there coming down uh lit on fire and i was sleeping in the valley and watched the freaking thing burn down wow Cut mm. it. yeah the guy i talked to a guy the next day some guide and he was talking oh i saw the log catch and it was rolling down i went up snake dike to get away from it and i was like wait did you light the fire? Yeah, like, right. Wait, wait, what is going <laughs> this, on? This like, sounds shockingly the, suspicious. Yeah, what's going on here? Mm. So I told the ranger. The ranger went and had to talk with him. I'm like, hey, man, what what are you doing? You can't like just randomly just walk away from a fire up there. But that's, that's crazy. I mean, half dome burning was kind of yeah. That was it lit the sky up. It was all you could see the flames on the oh. edge. There's mm. pictures on the internet of that one. I was yeah. I was I was climbing on. I went and we went up on. Um, so the half dome is on this side. This side is they have the what's called the Royal Arches. It's this wall, kind of not too hard to climb. So we went up Royal Arches to the other dome, so we could look across. We mm. could see the fire going. Mm. You know, the whole, sad moment. The, that whole climbing, that whole climbing thing is is like utterly fascinating to me. Just like <laughs> we. All of these vagabonds yeah, we that are, are that total are vagabonds. Basically, Dude, total vagabonds. <laughs> they're basically living in uh, self-inflicted uh, poverty. Mm-hmm. In, but it's so, yeah, yeah, feels so yeah. good though. You don't yeah, feel it, poor. It's, it's it's a kind of lifestyle, you know. Yeah, it's a it's lifestyle. Like, it's incredibly comfortable <laughs> I, I think it is to, probably, probably liberating yeah, i would assume li- liberating, liberating liberating yeah and uh, you know the the climbing community is a community of nice people nice mm. people like very friendly people open-minded people like and it doesn't matter who you are because you are a climber you know like so it means like Everybody's the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, just in the in the rocks, in the climbing areas. You, everybody's. Do, do you everybody's think everybody is the same? Do you yeah. think that that acceptance that exists in the climbing community was established by the original climbers creating that culture, or how do you think that was that came to be? Mm, you, you know. Climbing as a sport and this entire community evolved a lot in the past, let's say, 20 years, you know. But um, let's say now nowadays it's much more like a professional sport with professional approach, with training. and Yeah, but uh, this very special spirit of, of climbers from 80s, you know, or 70s... It, this was something really special. 
really special and uh, it's like pretty much with with every sport which start starts to be too professional it lose its spirit let's say a little bit uh-huh. yeah mm. so yeah but yeah you can st- you know you, you can still go to the you know to the climbing area and I enjoy have... the climbing yeah, yeah. That's you know it. i told you about the book and uh, the guy who brought me in this book 20 years ago for the first time uh now he needed to get rid of some of his trees we collected together there or some beaches we collected in my area i brought him to and i said okay i i think i i need to bring jan here uh, he he could be interested in buying these trees and they knew each other from climbing oh yeah <laughs> yeah yes no way we, we met like you know <laughs> 10 to 15 years ago. I I know you. We climbed together there and there. And he was like, yeah, I know you too. (laughs) That was awesome. Later, David. You're sitting there watching this like, wait, what's going on? What's What's happening here? (laughs) Everything is just going around me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but about, yeah. That's like listening to Lime and Jan talk about climbing. And I'm just like, on the outside, just kind of watching this whole like <laughs> bromance develop of, of well, climbing. It's like this thing you 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 uh, climbing. You're pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone. Mm. Everyone lives in a state of fear. You you have to conquer your fear. I don't know. I think it's like a chemical brain connection. Like you've put yourself through such strain, and you've caused a certain release of chemicals in your brain that other people are like. Oh, I get. You've been there. It's like behind their eyes. You just see like oh. You've had that moment where you have been literally in fear for your life and you made it up a wall and had to push through. There's just something different. Very primal. It is very, very primal. Yeah. There's yeah. no there's no purpose to it. You're just climbing a piece of rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's really yeah. no yeah. there's no reason to be like, I'm gonna climb this rock yeah. and potentially die. But that other sounds than, like a good idea. Other, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Other than pushing your own ability. And seeing how far you can push your... Yeah, but it's even more caveman than that, right? Like, here is this big, tall thing. I wonder if I can climb it. I might die (laughs) doing it, but let's go ahead and see. Yeah. It's like that that urge, the willingness, Mm. the the feeling of, yeah, yeah, that feels right. Yeah, (laughs) but you know what? It's, It's like a super creative, actually, because... Yeah, you need to find a way how to climb some very difficult spot, the, the cracks of each ro- road. Every every climbing road has road has like two or three or just one super hard spot. You know the cracks, and it sometimes is super difficult to find the right se- sequence of your moves. You need to try it and try it again and again, and of course the the ideal situation is the on-site so-called on-site climbing when you just when you are able to find the best solution first time for for the first time right now right yeah. here yeah that that's that's the best and it's you got to be super in a crea- I consider this as a super creative you need to be creative otherwise you will never achieve your your goals you got to be in a 
special place in the head to mm. do that. Though. That doesn't mm-hmm. always happen. Yeah. So to he- on site is kind of hard. Hearing you talk about this mm. is 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 sort of bringing up like um you know who Adam Andra is then. Yeah, yeah. And didn't he aspire to on site of 514? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think he has though. He did. Yeah, yeah he did. But, but uh, there's a film that tracks his mm-hmm. pursuit of on sighting of five fourteen because you only get one shot to exactly. Well, right? okay. Yeah, and, yeah. Hang yeah. on, hang on, hang yeah. on, hang on. <laughs> and going back to Jan talking about learning to master entering and exiting the state of flow. Mm. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And if you're saying it takes a specific mindset, then somebody who is going out there to put themselves in that moment they summon the ability to enter that state where they are capable of of performing that feat of choreography without a knowledge of it but just being so in the moment that they can execute that that sounds like he must have been able or must have harnessed that capacity to be able to do that yeah lynn hill mind you i think lynn hill is what 5 foot 1 maybe 5 foot 2 she's not a very tall woman she has on-sighted more 514s, I believe, than any other woman. She could walk up many of times, 514A, on-site, boom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little, she is another, she's another level of human being. Mm-hmm. She, her ability to just walk up into something, get in her state and do that, it was unheard of. Yeah. And uh, she, yeah. she is like I, so inspirational as a human being. Maybe, maybe Adam Andre on site at a 515. 15. Maybe, maybe, maybe 515. Yeah, like it was something that nobody's ever done yeah. before. And everybody yeah. was like in the deep climbing yeah, world. They were just mm-hmm. like, holy cow, mm-hmm. how did this guy yeah. do it? Yeah. Yeah. 15. If you don't know anything about it, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. the guy just walked up and climbed a rock. Like, seems yeah. intuitive, yeah. I guess, you know, like. No. Not, well, not when you get up to that level. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm that, sure. I'm sure. That's something really crazy. Yeah, but Adam, Adam is a special, special person too. But, I, I was fortunate to, fortunate, fortunate enough to meet him when he was like, thirteen years old. We we climbed together. We were for a couple of days in the same areas, and he, he's, he was like, I don't know. He has something really special in his personality, like super honest guy, super and very focused, very focused person. He was like, you know, 13 years old boy, but he knew exactly what he wants to do and what he wants to achieve and how, how to do it. And he was always extremely creative. I mean, like, I need to figure out how to do this and this move, you know, and this movement and the heart section. And in his case, it was not a matter of the physical strength or power. Of course, he was incredibly strong when he was like quite young or... Yeah, but this this is not his strongest part. His strongest part is the creativity. Huh. To know, That's the dance. Yeah, yeah. He knows his, his body where where he is in a, you know, space where he... How to... How to climb, yeah. yeah. And how to find the way, how to climb efficiently and creatively. That's something really amazing. I witnessed a couple of times he's climbing, you know, and it's like everybody was, you know, everybody in the area was like silent and just witness, witnessing, you know, this Adam's magic. It was something really special. Yeah, yeah, like, wow. Yeah, when a climber of that caliber is in the middle of a climb, it's a whole nother 
look, feel, everything. Mm-hmm. It looks effortless. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's wow. It's just it's just yeah. something to see. Yeah, and super yeah. intelligent yeah. and creative. In, in his like he could in his wear approach. The dress of Spider Man. Way cooler than Spider Man. <laughs> Way dre- cooler. The dress of Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> the costume. No yeah. costume. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it was really inspiring. Really inspiring experience. That's Talk. the nice thing about Yosemite, though. You know, living there is you get mm. to hang all of those guys. Everyone comes to Yosemite. Everyone hangs out. Mm. You meet professional after professional from Europe, from wherever, from South America, from Japan. Everyone comes to the valley. Mm. And we all hang camp four. Does everybody smell the same? Okay. Well, you know, some smell worse than others. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be a horrendous smell, man. Mm. Uh, <laughs> go swimming in the river every day, you know, that's clean gotta, yourself off. It's gotta be filthy. <laughs> it's gotta be so burly. My my favorite favorite moment ever about smelling really bad, I was just on a wall for three days. <laughs> three days. And I get down, I've got my gear on and the granite dust from getting on the wall penetrate your skin mm. and it just you can't get it doesn't wash out it's the granite powder it's going to take a while for it to get yeah, out yeah i love this like limestone powder it just in the it, limestone it, areas this like almost like a cement yeah i love that <laughs> mixture of magnesium and this limestone it's all uh, over you dust is i i would so i, I read completely uh, bad right totally i would sleep reeking. in that every day <laughs> <laughs> the dirt's on you because you've been sleeping yeah. in the dirt and I get down and this family runs up to me with all their kids and they want to take a photo because they just saw me on the wall coming down. And I'm like, oh God. And all these kids put their arm around me and everything. I'm like, oh my God, I've got to stink so bad. <laughs> and you can just see the look on the kid's face. Everyone was just like, whoa, all right. <laughs> all right, guys. All right. <laughs> we, got, we got a picture with the wildlife. Here we go. Let's go back to the world. <laughs> <laughs> the wildlife. <laughs> I had the, the dust and the grime and the smell and everything was just ripped into my body. Three days on the wall, you don't get to shower. You're working sun up to sun down, sweating your butt off, struggling through hang rock on, hang and on. dirt. Did you poop in a bag? <laughs> tube, tube, not a bag. I use a. I have a poop tube. <laughs> I make get the large tubes like this, and I put kitty litter in the bottom. Poop tube. And I I have a lid. You pull it off. You poop in it close the lid and then you shake it up for the kitty litter in it yes it, that's it, yeah that's the poop tube that? right that's the poop tube you never used a poop tube no because you know i that's i was the dirty i was never life. involved in in the like multi-pitch climbing yeah just just for a couple of times i i, I mean i pooped spent in a few bag. days in the wall but big yeah. wall but Boy, that seems like it could go horribly wrong. Guess what? Yeah. There's nowhere to clean yourself. You got to find a little water and kind of. I bring wet wipes up there to keep wipe yourself, clean yourself <laughs> down. <guys>. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an intimate moment. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Then you got to go pee and you got wind or the, the you know, winds 30, 40 knots coming yeah. up the wall and you're trying to pee and it's hitting you in the face. You're like, God, <laughs> sake, stop. Yeah. But I can't pee, man. <laughs> You this know, wasn't your. This is what wasn't your flavor, huh, Yon? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's too much already. <laughs> that, that's Yosemite lifestyle, man. You go there to like, yeah. experience the big wall, you know. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I can dig it. I can dig it. <laughs> I probably wouldn't enjoy it while I was there, but mm. I can dig it. The, the, yeah. It, yeah, but you know, it's it's fun to be there outside in nature in the rock climbing areas. Just climb, then. 
during the evening you have some usually some good wine or beer Everyone you know you discuss the future yeah. goals like tomorrow let's try this way on this route let's go yep. to explore the new sector you know for climbing and yeah there is only one thing which can su- superior this and that's to make a good tree and have a Why? Uh, <laughs> That's do a good tree and have a glass of wine. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is like a in, indescribable feeling when you yeah, make a good like, tree. Yeah, mm-hmm, it's like a satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, God, we're so weird. Be- beautiful part though is you get If to you have a guys mm. had the feeling of opening the kiln. It's got to be oh, yeah. amazing. Mm. That's fun. It's mm. got to yeah. be amazing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't opened a wood fire yet. I want to do that someday coming but what i mean what's it like uh, again hard to describe i would like to talk about it as much as possible but you know you're opening something which you where you put uh like a month of your work and uh you learned pretty good already after experiencing like 90 firings 90 kilns Uh, that it's just unpredictable <laughs> so mm-hmm. but uh, you know in last uh, in last 40 firings for example i didn't have much like crackage in the pots oh. uh, usually good results and uh, so still there is this like what did the kiln do to the pots and to the every particular pot that's like you know you open it it's like opening this box it's pretty the same it's almost the same size and uh, you just open the first cover oh yeah yeah okay you open the first panel and still it's too hot you you just have to let it uh, cool down but you could already see something but you see just <laughs> like if you take the first plate of the styrofoam from this box not nothing more just a little peek in and ah it, it, the yeah the um, curiosity just builds up even more in that moment every time every 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 time like every Christmas. time until you unload the very last shelf from it you still just like and and next and what i'm gonna get now and here and there oh, oh. because you know it's always covered by the other shelf you you, you, you if you open the can you just don't see it all at the time no. and yeah well, have you ever so do you get excited to open the kiln or are you nervous like are you are, are you like oh no i wonder as <laughs> or are you like oh yeah let's see what's in here <laughs> yeah, it is is on this positive side. Uh, just these uh, three kilns ago, <laughs> when uh, I knew that there was some bigger problem, uh, I was just uh, very very nervous. Mm. Yeah. And have you ever opened a kiln, and you're like all excited, like, oh yeah, let's see what's in here, and then you open it, and you're just like, wait, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Before, before I really learned how to load the kiln and how to really execute a good firing in the kiln, it happened that I opened it. On the top, there were some very nice spots, and the rest of the kiln, I just had to refire it. Mm. 
Oh, yeah. Dude, they didn't get hot enough. Yeah, just yeah, it wasn't not wasn't enough. Like oh. missing some few dozens of degrees, oh. and it's not there. Yeah. Wow. 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 Man, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Even this firing with the uh, with the fallen shelves, you know, it was it was disaster. But the very first spots on top. They survived it somehow, even the big one, you know, the Cindy. <laughs> Cindy Crawford. Then there were those uh, fallen shells that were glued together. But among them, I found the small one, but with the crazy glaze, the very orange on one, one uh -huh. side, and these droppers. Ah, you know, a survivor in, in such a, you know, it's like if you... Uh, if there's a fallen building and you find some uh, surviving people there or something, it's the, the, this spot having, you know, it's sound and, and it's the best result from this glaze ever. I, 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 I didn't know this can happen. Uh, yeah. Dang. Very unexpected. That's cool, it's man. Really... That's cool. See, but here's the thing is like, isn't it such a weird thing, whether you're making a tree and somebody comes along with money and they buy it mm -hmm. and they have no idea of where it came from or the you know the struggle that you went through to keep it alive or the styling process or what was involved with it they see the finish and they're like that's nice i'll buy that you mm -hmm. know and it's like with your pots like the survivor and cindy crawford they're not going to know <laughs> you know the story behind cindy crawford yeah that ugh, mm. that's such a missing link it's such a missing piece but it's like you can't that's almost like that uh, that special piece that you get to have, that maybe not everybody else gets to have. That that makes being a part of the creation process, yeah, so and important, so intimate. Yeah, but mm. on a lower scale, there there is this story in every firing in with every pot, you know, because every firing is different. And when you are in the, I always, I have to like read the results, like how did it go? Like, you yeah. know, it's always a new set of data for future too. So, I, or I just uh, exercise this like tracing because there are traces that you, you see what, where the flames were, you see it on every single pot and that's why you watch every single pod when you are unloading the kiln and it's just exciting every time. Like you take the pot, you see, okay, this is the hot side and you, oh, wow, what, what the flames and the ashes, what they did. But still you also enjoy the back side of it and it's every time and it's to the very last pot in the last corner down there in the bottom. It's just, I always enjoy this. And then when you get those weird results, you're like, I got to repeat that. How do I get that to happen? Something like that again. Yeah, I think I have some data, for example, from this orange glaze survivor. Yeah. Uh, I never get like to repeat that, but I want to try it. I have some, some data, which I'm working on it. Ah. Like, I, I think I, I can try something. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I, it's a it's a certain mentality, man. Certain person that can do that, and 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 because like even talking with Jonathan about firing his work, 
there there are similarities where it's like, yeah, you can learn how to fire a kiln well, but the kiln is going to do what the kiln is going to do. And the fire and the wood and the temperature and the humidity and all of those things factor into what happened mm. it, outside of potentially within your control to a degree. But if you try to control it, you lose the ability to have that magic and that occurrence. Mm. But then when you try to duplicate it, it's like, well, you can try. Yeah. Probably not gonna happen. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, not not and, these yeah, styles. Yeah. No. No, and that's no. what makes it so brilliant. It's yeah. just like, oh, the one of a kind. The one, but 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 in the wood firing process, they're all one of a kind. Yeah, they're all yeah. one of a kind. Mm. And that that is inside of that. It's just, I can't imagine it. But I I I'm not the type of person that I couldn't do it. Mm. Really? No. But, no, I can appreciate but, it, but I I'm not. You have to have and, more control over and, it. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I don't think like I quest for that control. Uh -huh. I, I I actually really find a lot of you know, like I think my bonsai approach. I put a lot of I I feel like I put a lot of the weight back on the tree. Yeah, and I try to respond the, to the tree more than to control the tree. I don't really look at our approach at Mariah as, as trying to control. Right. Um, I, th I I think I see more of the control maybe come from the repetition of the the formal pattern of bonsai, mm -hmm. and and that that didn't appeal to me. It didn't appeal to me because watching trees that had a character and an and an essence and a soul that mm -hmm. did not want to be that be forced into that. Yeah, and, and and it was like you just stripped what was special out of each piece, like Yawn today with the juniper with that branch mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i was like man I don't, I don't think that i don't think it needs that branch it's too long and you're like you yeah, know just let me you know let me, let me let me try a little bit you know let me do a little bit more and then you, you <laughs> dropped it down and that branch you <laughs> preserved that live vein and just gave it so much life and it was just like yeah yeah that was, that was good oh, that was really look at the joy on his face over oh, there. it was good oh. it was good i mean coming back and seeing it, it was just like hey there you go there it yeah. is yeah like that that's really I think that's putting it back on the tree. It's taking what you're given and, and, mm. and now the tree gets to respond to mm. your interpretation. You know, it's not the quest for control. I think it's the um, spending the time figuring it out when randomness is going to continue to be the dominant force. Mm. I don't I don't like that. Mm. I don't like, I, I love what it does, but I don't like, I wouldn't get into that as a ceramicist. I'd just be like, fuck this, I'm out. You know, like, I'm gonna go play with some trees. Like, I know how they grow. I understand how the hormones and physiology works. I know the limitations, and like, I can I can predict this is going to be pretty successful, you know. And then I'm going to let the tree do its thing. I'll respond to how it, you know, behaves, and it'll it, it's going to change my design but ideas. Still, no, maybe you can read the situation different. I I I have, or I also try to understand and have as much control when I'm I working on the pots. But then I just put them in the kiln like you put the uh, tree on a shelf here in the nature. You know, mm -hmm. you, you had some uh, in 2014, you had the crazy winter. Yeah. These conditions, what can you do? Yeah. And yeah, you can do something. Hope. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind yeah. of and then cross the, your fingers that things mm -hmm. are going to work out. So from this point of view, I see it's almost the same situation with um, mm. yeah. Yeah. my process of... Just, building the pots but firing them then later mm. you just catch a fire it's kind of like the see. flame is another person 
Like, yeah. It, it takes on its own personality. You've done your work, and now the flame is like a living being who's like, I'm now going to interpret and put yeah, my own. Yeah, it's like the it. wind and rain outside. And, yeah. Okay, you can do something about the rain. You can protect the tree from uh, too much rain. You can water the tree. Yeah. But yeah, still something. Yeah, the elements out of do control, something special. They, at least. Do you bit. consider the fire a friend? Like when you look at your kiln, are you like, hey, old friend? Or are you like, <laughs> oh, here we go again, you son of a bitch? Oh, no way. It, cool. it, it's complicated relation. I, I, <laughs> I, knew I, said, I knew it. I knew it. We have a lovely you know, relationship. <laughs> I love my kiln. I really, I, I, I love her as a personality. I feel something in between the bricks there. But. I also call her the beast because she she's just so overwhelmingly powerful, and I even try to choke her a bit. Like you know, she she runs on half of the output it can make, or even lower. And uh, sometimes, in some parts of uh, the uh, process, uh, firing process, you uh, you can even hear a strange sound like the the one out of the normal range of sound you know the the very very low one i i don't know how to F call 40 it. Her, 50 or um, 20 hertz you mean like yeah some yeah something very mm, low interesting. you 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 don't hear it with your ears you, you just you just feel it in your body oh like, yeah you're it's out like, of the like audible range but it's you can feel it mm -hmm. yeah huh or yeah wow something like that it that sounds so awesome. <laughs> it's got its it own sound. It, it does sound It's awesome. a musical yeah. instrument of itself. The relationship mm. of a ceramicist, the wood firing process, like an electric kiln, like, come on. Yeah. You know, like I get it and I understand and the control and stuff, but like the relationship of a ceramicist to their wood fired kiln. I mean, you see these rickety patched together wood-fired <laughs> kilns and this ceramicist putting months of their work into it and you're just like you What's could good? build a new kiln and they're just like no no mm -hmm. we're in this together <laughs> we're in it together forever and i yes. and i look i get it i have a truck that has two hundred and fifty thousand miles on it and i'm like oh girl we're gonna go till you till you can't go no more you know like there is no replacing you there's just ride and die till the end like i get i get it like those relationships that you forge i'll never experience a relationship with a kiln like that but i definitely appreciate and respect it i even you know now when i plan on building a new one i i kind of Emotionally, I'm not ready to do that <laughs> you see, because you see, because yeah. <laughs> not ready to say goodbye. Yeah, I will miss my old kiln. Yeah, yeah, I will probably fall in love with the new. One, <laughs> but yeah, I'm planning on. Uh, you know, I will have these pots prepared for a firing, and I will tell myself, "Hey, it's summer. It's a nice day. Let's use the old kiln." Okay, yeah. I'm I'm not able to put the big pot in the old kiln because the new kiln will be a bit larger one. But yeah, fuck it, just that's cool, man. Yeah, that's cool. Visit the old mm. friend and yeah, visit yeah. the old friend. There you go. <laughs> that is cool. I get into that. I can dig that. 
all, all, all of like the the super woo woo around it, I can really get into. God, fire is just something amazing, huh? Hmm. It's yeah, it's like a it's like a relationship with elemental forces. Yeah, yeah, out yeah. of your control, greater than you, and and you you just sort of turn over. What a good conversation. Yeah. This has just been an ongoing this has been an ongoing conversation from last night pretty much just this like perpetual just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe actually not. Oh, Jan's like literally falling asleep in his chair. He's like, eh, Nah, that's my typical posture in the chair. We look over here, Jan. Draped over draped <laughs> yeah. over the arm with his eyes closed. No, I'm not sleeping. Got his feet I'm not around sleeping. the mic stand. <laughs> I'm not sleeping. <laughs> Hanging out like, all right, we're good. How are going, guys? <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have a night or a mic stand that supports your legs or something. You got every other fucking at, gadget. You're literally this. like Inspector Gadget. All of a sudden, he'll just have this retractable stand and these like little buttons that he's pushing everywhere. It's like, where'd that come from? Oh, this is new equipment that I got. I found it's really great. <laughs> look at this! Look I'm, at this thing I'm, that he's got over here. I'm pretty here. lounged out right here. See how I got this? I made it. Some, You're at. trying to make our audio <laughs> as close to a nuclear reactor as possible. <laughs> That's exactly what you're trying to do. I see. I see. I see you. I know you. I look at this setup and I'm just like, wow. It's the station. There is yeah. no possible way that anybody else could encroach on Lime's audio setup here and ever understand it. We're, mm. we're Speaking of the relationship to the kiln. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. It's real, man. Well, with the microphones, too, with all the equipment. Yeah. I have an intimate relationship with each piece of equipment. <laughs> this, this guy today gave me cloud lifter today i got some kind of ground feed through it and we had a little wow. bit of a hate relationship uh, uh, i gotta figure out what happened i'm not sure you you just revel in that shit and oh you for, lo you're like oh there's something wrong i've, I've got a ground feed i've got to figure it out i'm gonna i'm gonna dial her back in and <laughs> i love it like i, I it's, it's 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 a it's a similar thread that crosses all of our mediums you yeah. know like it's and, the problem solving. Yeah. And and again, like just the creativity that comes yeah. with it. Mm. Like you you do have to look into it and a, at a level and a depth that somebody else would be like, I don't know, my, what is it, a cloud lifter? My cloud yeah. lifter broke. I would just be like, I'm going to go buy another cloud lifter. And Lime's like, you know, I think I'm going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think well, me, and, me and cloud lifter are going to have a moment. Well, the other thing too is when this comes out of the circuit, now I got to recreate their patterns of how they're going to make them sound. So it, it changed up my night and made, I was like, oh no, oh, all right, got to rework your, your mm. palate. Mm. So this guy is fun. Good, man. I'm so pumped to go to Yosemite with you. I know you're going to oh. show us things that we definitely wouldn't get otherwise. I would, I would stay on the paved road. I have a lot of, a lot of memories. Gonna, it's kind of emotional, actually. Yeah, I, I, I been, was. I was thinking about that too. I was like, "What? What is that going to be like? I don't know." I, I, I mean, I've been back visiting so many times. I haven't been there in over ten years. Oh wow! This oh. is the longest I've been away from Yosemite, and pff, going back, I don't even know, man. As soon as we pop out, there's a tunnel. We pop out into the valley. I don't know. I might start crying. <laughs> I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I don't know. It's happened several times coming back to the valley. You know, it'd be cool, man. It'd be cool <laughs> if you guys came back and we did a trip to Yosemite together. Wow. That would be um, cool. That would be awesome. 
We should yeah. we should try to put that on. We'll the bring schedule. a crash pad mm. and we can do some bouldering. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom, and I'm gonna. You can far away from from Tom. <laughs> you and I no. can sit there and watch and yeah. be oblivious no, to what's boulder, happening. No, bouldering is super social. You yeah, know, everybody social, can try. Yeah. Just you know. Yeah, you but know. because but I have heard about these stones falling down and nah. no, 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 not when you're bouldering. Yeah. For bouldering, that's, that's not a problem. No, you know, just, you, just you climb just boulders. Huh. You're just a few feet uh, off the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah you jump yeah, into okay. the... You got a little pad on the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah, the pad. And, and it, the best part about your 70s is there's all these rock piles. Yeah. And you can get lost in the back. And then mm -hmm. not, you're in a valley that has more people visiting it than Disney World. And you can get lost wow. in the valley and not see anyone. Wow. You find this little boulder down in the nook and no one's there and you're on your boulder. It's like you're in your own park, man. When you guys want to go? Tomorrow? <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> Let's go. How long does it take to get there? <laughs> Can we reschedule my flight? Yeah, right. Yeah. You want to stay another week? <laughs> Let's go. Oh, man. It's, it's something, man. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, definitely. We should yeah. do an exploration of national parks together. Mm. Mm. I would love that. Yellowstone. I've never been oh, there. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You bring, you bring your kids over, your daughter. She thinks she's coming. You can make that a reality. That'd be great. <laughs> be great. Dude, I, you know what? I mean, it's something everyone should see. Like it's, it's like the Holy Land. I don't know. Everyone needs to go see Yosemite. Yeah. And a lot mm -hmm. of our, like... Well, you had to Red Red Rocks. Mm -hmm. You need to go. I mean, you got to go to or, or Bryce Canyon or, or yeah. any of these. Places. There's yeah. so many places mm. that people have to see, man. Mm. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It humbles you. It, it sends you home with a new, it fixes your soul. It like yeah. turns these little knobs on you and you're like, you leave and you literally have to be dead inside to leave one of these places and not be changed. Mm -hmm. You have to literally not have a soul or something. Mm -hmm. Because they're just so pretty. I mean, gosh sakes, you get there and you're just like, I'm an ant. I don't even exist. Mm -hmm. Like, this is so beyond me, mm. you know? This was before me and it's going to be way after me. You, mm. you know, it's crazy. Is like uh, John Muir wrote a lot about um, the fact that Hetch Hetchy was even more beautiful than Yosemite before they dammed it up. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't want to think about that. But. Yeah, could you imagine? I, I mean, it, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. When you think about, um, you know, in China, the uh, what, what they dammed up the the river that sort of filled up the Yellow Mountains or whatever. Yeah, they mm. they lost a lot of old, ancient, several thousand year old temples and it's it's all such, kinds of stuff they lost. But it's such like a juxtaposition. I mean, Hetch Hetchy is what supplies the entire Bay Area, including San Francisco, with its water source. You know, it's like I, I, yeah, losing a beautiful place, and 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 you're wrestling with this notion of how do you sustain you know, the people that exist in these spaces. And you could always mm -hmm. make the argument, well, they shouldn't live there if they can't exist off of what is there. That's not really a solid argument, or it's not. It, well, nobody would have lived anywhere. Isn't it still ever. there underwater? It can yeah. be still beautiful as it was. But here's the thing. Uh, you know, like nobody would have ever lived A couple hundred years at least. But mm. All civilizations have done this. Yeah, No, no, yeah. Ab absolutely. I mean, it's just, it, it's like this constant wrestling with the, 
with the the notion of how how do we exist here and it's a it's a give and a take to to be in the places where we are i mean period well tomorrow mm. you're going to see our coast and i think our coast is just mm. next level wow well, i think it's next level i'm excited to hear what you guys think of it yeah, yeah. I don't have. I don't have awesome. This is the weird thing. I've lived here for ten years. I have no association of, or pride, of being like an Oregonian or like the coast. It's I don't view it as like our. It's like yeah, there's a ocean out there, and there's Uh like a coastline that exists before me, after me. (laughs) I have no association with it whatsoever. I've been there a couple times. It's pretty cool, but that's all. The but but everybody. find some association with those special places right i go out there a lot i need no that's what i'm saying no i'm not i'm not i'm not no judgment yeah at all uh i'm just saying like my connection to that place is not strong but there are other places in north america where my connection is very very strong yeah yeah where it's like you feel like this this is cumulatively ours the place i want to be closer to is olympic i've been there two to uh, one and a half kind of times yeah and I want to go back. That is a place that I need to camping get more in the middle of Olympic is is pretty awesome. Uh, it's mm, pretty awesome. Mm. I, feel, I feel I feel proximity to the to Olymp- the Olympic Mountains. Well, mm. one one night I was there, I got a huge bear come through. I was like, "Oh, this is this is a good one. All right, we're here. <laughs> this, week, <laughs> this is officially wild. We <laughs> could die." <laughs> and there's no one in the campsites. We're the only one out there. We didn't see anyone for like a day getting out there. I'm like, "Oh, wow." I thought mm. this was a busier park than this. <laughs> I would like to do, I would like to hike through the temperate rainforest up into the Alpine, like that transition in the Olympic mm. National Park. When you start on the west yeah, I didn't side, get to do that. I was still in the snow when I went. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty. I, from what I understand, it's a pretty monumental hike yep. just because you transition through multiple zones wow. of mm. plant life and climate wow. and geology all mm. in one. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> You want to oh, do that? Yeah. You want to do that? Yeah. We could do that. I would love to do that. I haven't done yet. It's a kind of something I need so, to do. So, a couple yeah. of days of bouldering in Yosemite, and <laughs> then something <laughs> big high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could stay. We could stay in the in the Duckabush wilderness. Dude, and, dude, Jan, I think you and I have connected on a whole new level, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We have a little kindred spirits, man. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. I could do this all night. I have to go to bed. I just do. I have yeah. to call it. I'm you tired. You got class in the morning. I got class. We got, got a life. we got an ocean to see. I had a kid that had an ear infection. And I haven't oh. slept a lot in the past couple of days. Mm. He's and now, you had a birthday. Which Happy birthday? Which thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's Taft's birthday. I, I haven't too. had a birthday in like 20 years. It's Taft's mm. birthday. Yeah, it's Taft's. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. All part of life. Another great day in Bonsai Mirai in the there front of us. Yes, so. yes, indeed. All right, signing off. All right, we out. Okay, goodbye. Mm. <laughs>